Hey there, Gemster dudes! The number one name in video games and flexing here, brother, Hawkula! Today I want to give a big Genesis Gem shout out to Tubular Tyler J, dude! Tyler, thank you for being a gem and supporting Genesis Gems via Patreon, brother! Late Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 66 of the Genesis Gems podcast, where we will be covering Home Alone Christmas themed. All right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens. With me this time is Aaron Hickman. Hey guys, how's it going? Aaron. So Aaron, how have you been? I know it's a day late uh, after Christmas. You had to give late and a dollar short. That's right. Yeah, lots of dollars oh, short after Christmas, right? That's right. <laughs> I know. I yeah, I spent uh, about the rest the rest of my money you know, making sure the kids got gifts and. You know, got got something for my girlfriend, and uh, uh, let me tell you what she got me. Um, she got me a Star Trek Next Generation uh, comforter set. Oh, nice! And I couldn't be happier. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Is um, it like, it a, pic- is like deals... a picture of the cast, or is it just like? No, no, it's it's like a um, it's got like a Federation logo, and uh, it's. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I, I really like the colors. Um, it's red and black, and it, it just looks cool. It doesn't look like a, a kid's comforter set or something, where it's just like something a kid would... You no, know, this looks pretty legit. Uh, not that I wouldn't mind like having like a Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior bed set or something like that, <laughs> or you know, Sega Genesis and look at my childhood. Uh, but no, th- this this fits the bill really nicely. I love... love Star Trek, and yeah, no, it's awesome. And um, I, she's super into uh, documentaries and things about space. And one of my favorite um, collections was from the Earth to the Moon. And so uh, that was one of the things I picked up for. But uh, as far as my kids went, um, you know, we we celebrated a day early. It was like Christmas a day early because uh, their mom had them Christmas Day, and and so. We just did all the Christmassy things the day before, and so they were happy. I mean, they had two days of gifts. <laughs> oh yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. And so they, they got um, Minecraft. St- well, they got Minecraft for the PS4. I got them that, and um, they got Minecraft Lego sets, and uh, you know, just I think Cat uh, got a, a pink Yoshi. Yes, she's very nice. happy about that. Is that like one of the Amiibos? <laughs> No, no. It was uh, you go to GameStop and they literally have a uh, a Yoshi. You can get it's pink, like a pink plush Yoshi, nice. and pink is her favorite color. I think all uh, the, but a lot of the yeah. GameStop stuff's but actually been on sale lately. So I, I you know, I hadn't been in GameStop in like four years. <laughs> I'll be completely honest and uh, dead serious. I hadn't been there in a couple years. And I didn't realize how the layouts had changed yeah. a lot. There's, it's like 50% games and 50% toys now, which is very, very interesting. Uh, they're trying to compete with like ThinkGeek and stuff like that. Uh, but the thing that I got that my 
best friend Jesse got me uh, because we did our Festivus celebration on Friday. <laughs> yes. Um, so the thing he got me was a Street Fighter II Sega Genesis controller. This is a commemorative 30th year anniversary controller. Six buttons. Feels like the real deal. And here's the kicker. You can plug it into your Sega Genesis and your PC. It's got two connectors. Man. It's from Retrobit. And it is pretty sweet. Does I'm the, does the D-pad happy. roll? Does it roll pretty well for like Hadoukens and stuff? Yeah. Awesome. Um, the games I played, it, it definitely feels better than anything I've ever controlled from Hyperkin. So yeah. it's a grade above that. Which Okay, admittedly, it's not too hard to do that but uh just about anything's better than hyperkin products and tomy tomy's the worst though tomy just <laughs> if you see tomy uh on a wall then run away. Uh, you run away <laughs> yeah sometimes on those uh off-brand off-brand controllers you, you tend to lose a little bit of that good feel i, I know i had some like hyperkin like you're saying it, it's not real easy to roll when you're doing hadoukens and some of the other moves in street fighter so that's kind of neat there, there's a few games I like to test that out with, like any Contra game. Like if you're if you're holding down and shooting, and if you barely press to the right and your dude gets up, you know that's a bad controller. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. yeah, you have to test these things because yeah. there's the average player who might not know, and they're like, oh, you know, this is this is okay for for what it is, and and then you get to the real deal stuff, you know, and try to play a Contra game or Gunstar Heroes or. I was trying to play Alien Soldier with it. I was like, wow, this is pretty responsive. It's getting the job done. So, you know, I'm, I'm still dying on the first boss, but uh, <laughs> that's just that game. So uh, I know it's not me. I got you. Yeah, our Christmas was pretty good, too. Um, what you said your kids got, very similar to what my kids got. Lots of Legos, man. I, I'm, I'm loving that. But it's mainly... Are you loving tripping over that? I don't like that. <laughs> But um, I, I love building them. My oldest son builds them on his own. My youngest son just kind of watches me build his. But uh, lots of Legos, lots of Nerf guns. Um, they got a couple video games. Uh, they both got those uh, 2DS systems. They're on sale for like 70 bucks a piece. Uh, that was a pretty good deal. So they oh, got nice. they got Mario Kart, Pokemon, all this other Mario stuff. So very cool. Um, I ended up getting kind of the big gift I got. Like, my wife always buys me clothes, which I always need, but uh, my mother-in-law actually bought me uh, Doom on the Switch, and I've been playing that yes. a lot. Very cool. Uh, surprising. I guess I can get into this later. But, That's a surprising gift from your mother-in-law. Jeez. Well, my wife told her what I wanted. Oh, <laughs> I okay. had like a little list. But uh, I, so I want him to get the game from hell. That's <laughs> That's what I want him to get. It, it has surprisingly good multiplayer. Like, I've been playing Deathmatch like crazy on that game, I, and I didn't realize Switch would have a anybody still playing honestly i didn't know how big that community was but and i'm not even sure if it's cross player or not who knows but all i know i was doing a lot of killing and a lot of running so real fast paced too i love that reminds me of like playing quake 3 arena or something again really fast paced there's no sprint yeah. there's no sprint button because you're always going to you know you're always going like 50 miles an hour anyways <laughs> just pow. so I love doom that. guys got some some speed yeah so loving that game um yeah, I had a very good Christmas. My kids just get spoiled every year, I swear. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the games they got, they got uh, Lego Worlds or something like that. I, I don't know. It didn't look very much fun to me, but the kids <laughs> liked it. And um, uh, oh, and I bought them, and this was kind of neat. I, I did a little research on this. Uh, they love Super Smash Brothers, and um, I sold my Wii U recently, so we don't have Super Smash Brothers anymore. 
There's actually uh, the movie Kung Fu Panda. There's a game on the PS4 that's almost identical it went to free. Yeah, yeah, it's almost identical to Super Smash Brothers, and it's really fun. So we played that a lot today. So that was kind of interesting. It was like fifteen bucks or something at GameStop. So, pretty neat. Oh, did you know it was free on PSN Plus? No, I had no clue. So crap. <laughs> so oh, I wasted fifteen dollars. <laughs> you did. Well, poop. That's okay. You live and learn. That's right. And then you talk to Aaron first. <laughs> Ask Aaron. I should have asked you, right? I should have asked you the question. Uh, that's oh. okay. I mean, I just got a PS4, so I can't really talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- though my, uh, my my buddy, my buddy Sean, uh, we do account sharing, and so it was nice. Uh, I was like, oh, man, I haven't re-upped my PSN Plus. He's like, all right, that's okay. I got it. I got you. And then he had all this stuff, like the, the last – he had – the Last of Us and uh, um, you know Tomb Raider and Resident Evil and all these cool uh, games. I, sh- I should stop talking about because they're not Sega related. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been a good break. And then I've gotten some time. I mean, Christmas Day, honestly, it was just me most of the time. Uh, I just uh, you might say a home to myself, home alone. Home. Oh, oh yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, you might say. Uh, yeah, so I, I slept in until like 12 o'clock. And then, uh, yeah, you know, played some video games, um, worked on some Sega music. Because nice. I've got a show coming up. If any of you are going to MAGFest by chance, which is a big event over in the National Harbor, Washington, D.C. area uh, over by Maryland. If you're over that way, you want to go to MAGFest, which is the music and gaming festival, uh, come find me there because I will be performing live at the Chip Space area on one of the showcases. And uh, my particular showcase is Chip Tunes for Autism, and we will be raising money for autism awareness and various charities. So I'm super excited to be doing that. And... Um, I mean, if you ever get the chance, go to MAGFest because they've got one of the largest arcades. They get set up. Uh, they've got an indie room showcase, a console area. They've got all sorts of tournaments and special guests and amazing live bands that come and play. Um, June Seno, the composer, uh, one of the Sonic the Hedgehog composers, will actually be at MAGFest, which is super exciting. So... And, of course, you know, there's a whole vendor area where you can buy tons and tons of retro gaming goodness. So it's a great time all around. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I wish I was a little closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something really weird. I was uh, talking to these guys over at Walmart and uh, maybe before I was Christmas shopping and stuff. and uh, someone That kept... was your mistake. Uh, yeah, Walmart's a mistake. <laughs> and they, this guy kept telling me how afraid he was of Santa Claus. Um, he actually called himself okay. a claustrophobic, believe it or not. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's funny is this game has some built-in, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but it has yeah. some built-in dad jokes. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does. It really does. <laughs> All right, guys. 
Well, if you'd like to connect with Genesis Gems, we are on the web at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash genesisgemspodcast. We're on, we have a Facebook group. That's the main place to go check us out at. All the interaction happens there at facebook.com slash group slash genesisgems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gengems. Check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, all the other podcast apps. And we are a part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. All right, man. Hey, we got a few new patrons. Isn't that cool? All right. Yeah, so I'm going to go through the patron list. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's out there. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, Patreon we are on patreon.com slash genesisgems. Uh, and want to say a big thank you to Chris Vanderhoff and Daniel Tolan, Jared Adams, Andrew Coed, Martin Cook, Bob Bailey, Timothy McGowan, Axel Hayes, Tyler J, Stephen Godvich, Govditch, sorry man, Chris Fox, Brody Pedal, Otto Gregerson, Jim Jones Jim, Mighty Matt D, Gabe Van Gilder, Ian McGarry, Ian McGarry, sorry, Classic Quarter, Classic Gaming Quarterly, Cutta, NZ17, Ross Beck, Alex, Bastian Nocera, Alex Ray, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Retro Blist, Andy Layton, John Grayson, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael. So thank you to each and every one of you for supporting to Patreon. Appreciate that. And hey, we got a new iTunes review too. That was pretty cool. Sweet. From G Walker 34 He says, he or she says, my second favorite podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> they say I've been a I've been a podcaster for a while, listening to a lot of paranormal podcasts. But I decided to delve into gaming podcast, and first I found two dudes in an S, and that was amazing. But I needed more gaming podcasts, and I love the Genesis as much as Nintendo. And I found these guys. He's referring to us, the two dudes. These two dudes. I'm not disappointed, and regret, and I regret not finding Retro Junkie sooner. Uh, it says update the podcast is even better now with new songs like Sega Boy. These guys have the best Sega podcast on the planet. Um. The title said second favorite podcast. I'm assuming he's talking that his first favorite podcast is one of the paranormal podcasts he was talking about. Yeah, uh, not it, two dudes in an ass because that would be a travesty. Yeah, I I I wanted to clarify that uh, it wasn't in his review, but I, I I can see what he meant to say there is that my first favorite podcast yeah. is paranormal. My second favorite is the Genesis Gems. Two dudes, all right. So just wanted to make sure that was clear. <laughs> and uh, hey, we got three new email. This is great. I'm gonna read some of these right now. They're not too long. Uh, first one comes from uh, Lamont Jackson, who actually emailed us last time, and I did say on the last podcast, hey, uh, didn't hear the game that you wanted us to play. So uh, Lamont says, I realize I forgot to tell you the Genesis game I wanted to recommend. It was Grindstormer, a two-in-one game that really sounds interesting, so I hope you will cover it eventually. Never played it before, so I figured I'd have you guys try it out and let me know if it's a gem or not. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. So there you go. We'll put that in our back pocket, so you never know. Might play that one day. And absolutely, we need to play more shoot 'em ups. Absolutely. Next email comes from Andrew Coet, who was a guest on the show. The I think he said it was the best looking guest, so we'll give him that trophy. Uh, says, uh, "Hey gents, hope all is well on your end. I'm sending this email because you mentioned you are not sure which game you would cover next, so I wanted to throw out a suggestion. This is not technically coming from me, but rather through me." I mentioned to the owner of, a, of Games Ahoy in Loveland that I gave his store a shout out in your show and sent him a link to listen to the episode and asked if he if you had ever covered Wonder Boy and Monster World yet. I told him you hadn't, but said I would mention it to you guys as a potential upcoming option. Plus, I have never played it and would love to hear what you guys think. I know you say you like to get emails and don't get too many of them, so you can read this on the show if you want, or think it might encourage others to email, but I figure you say my name enough, so you may want to keep this on the DL. We don't want people getting the wrong idea. <laughs> Stay positive and love your life. Andrew Michael Coed. Hey man, thanks so much for that. We'll definitely put that in our back pocket as well. Uh, that's one of those games that um, it's pretty awesome for to me, and I'm kind of wanting to maybe 
save some of those games for later. I don't want to peak too high yet, <laughs> but we'll definitely uh, talk about that game uh, eventually. And the next one comes from, click, 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 Sean NZ17 Robinson. It, this all this is for uh, these, these are some requests for our Patreon show. Some games he'd like us to cover. Uh, oh, definitely wants to cover Lunar, Lunar the Silver Star on Sega CD, and Lunar Eternal Blue on Sega CD. <laughs> those are his requests. Man. Absolutely, man. So, and I and I will say this. Uh, I definitely want to at least get to one of those if we can next year for Patreon. And of course, that would be Patreon since it's uh, Sega CD. Yep. And that's where we cover non-Sega Genesis stuff. Um. Uh, but yeah, the, definitely two of my favorite RPGs. And uh, yeah, we definitely look forward to covering that at some point. Now, the thing about playing RPGs on the show is that they take more time. So we really have to prep those in advance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, we, you know, we really don't want to shortchange you guys. We want to make sure we get as much gameplay in as possible and not come to the show going, uh, I didn't play the game. I didn't get through the first dungeon. <laughs> Uh, that's neither here nor there <laughs> that's funny alright man well we got the next segment here and this is Sega Snippets Test 1 2 Sega now it's time for Sega Snippets so Aaron I don't know if you saw today I put a little questionnaire on the uh on the uh, Facebook group, and I asked. I the, did. I know what the right answer is, but uh, looks like people <laughs> chose wrong so far. Is that right? I mean, I, if we're talking about which game is the best, and we should absolutely cover first. Oh no, no, no! Um, it was a different. Question. Oh, it was a different question. Yeah, okay. the, the question I posed was because um, I've I've kind of chatted with some people, and they thought they kind of wanted us to kind of branch out a little bit. Um, Sega Sip Snippets is mainly about. We kind of wanted to set it up as Sega news or things we were doing lately involving Sega. But uh, people also like to hear what you and I are playing, maybe outside of Sega, whether it's a, a current-gen game or something from another system, just to kind of get our, our thoughts on that. So maybe oh, yeah. maybe taking Sega snippets in a little bit different directions, because sometimes I feel, and I don't know if you feel this way, if I haven't been playing a game uh, from Sega that's not the game we're covering on the show, I feel like i got to hurry up and find something to talk about. But this might be a good time for me to talk about like Skyrim on the Switch or you know other games like that. But uh, I, I think the votes heading towards uh, covering or heading towards this section being about anything that you and I want to talk about, uh, gaming related. So I think I may um, just kind of make this more of a "Hey, Aaron, what have you been playing?" type thing, or "Hey, you know, what have you been doing out there in the gaming world?" type thing. But for now, we'll we'll, we'll keep the uh, Sega snippet stuff going on. But yeah. uh, I have one quick one, and this is kind of going to be kind of maybe a future uh, Patreon slash you know game we cover for that uh, tomorrow. I got a couple GameStop uh, gift cards for Christmas, and um, I'm going to finally do it. I'm going to finally go buy uh, Sonic Forces. I've, I've read some reviews that have been pretty good. Some haven't been great, but I want to give that game a fair shot. I, I haven't done it yet. I you know, I jumped right on Sonic Mania when it came out, got it the day it came out, played it, loved it, um, and I want to kind of give Sonic Forces a chance. So I'm going to go tomorrow and check that game out, and possibly maybe in a month or so you and I can cover it on a, on a Patreon episode. Would love just to kind of give that game a shot. I've been burnt by Sonic 3D games, you know, past few years, past 10 years, really. And I uh, just want to give it another shot. So I'm going to go tomorrow, check it out, and hopefully you all will be able to hear what I think about it. And maybe, you know, Aaron in the future, if you feel led to play that game. But, uh, yeah, that's my Sega snippet for the day. I'm going to go there tomorrow, and I don't know. I hope I don't change my mind halfway through the going through the <laughs> store like, oh, no, I can't do it. But uh, uh, I've heard, you know, 
fans are happier with the game than critics. Um, is is what I've heard. Okay. Generally. Well, they they that, lower they lower the price to like thirty bucks. It's brand new for thirty dollars. So. so lower your expectations. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's yeah. I I definitely look forward to to covering it here soon. And and if I have to like rent it from Redbox or something, I will. <laughs> Um, but I'm not going to buy it right now. <laughs> well, we can ask you Maybe. listeners, won't you give an extra dollar a month or so to Patreon? We'll get Aaron a copy of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, speaking of, are, are you getting that on the Switch or PS4? What are you getting that on? I'll get it on the Switch. I, I yeah. tend to play that a lot more than anything else right now. I mean, I've got my uh, PS4 most recently... And uh, I just started playing No Man's Sky, and I can definitely say this is Sega-related because the closest thing that it reminds me of is Starflight, which is one of my absolute favorite Sega Genesis games. But, um, you know, so there's kind of a resource grind with No Man's Sky that kind of gets frustrating uh, a little bit. And, you know, getting off your first planet. But there is a mode you can play that kind of just gives you everything and you can do whatever. The only problem with the game is that because it offers so much in terms of, like, how many planets you can go to, eventually you're going to run into a lot of planets that start to look the same. And then you're going to run into the same four aliens. <laughs> and it that's where it gets frustrating. And, and having core components of your gameplay that aren't quite as fun as the rest of it um there's still a, a fun game in there and i i've enjoyed the time with it but um it just makes me want to go back and play starflight because it's like you know what starflight did alien encounters better um uh, it did lore better um even though they they have uh, added good lore features now to no man's sky it's still not like super in depth i mean you can do like certain quests and things but uh at least in starflight it's like oh there's a big twist ending and um you know you're trying to uncover a big mystery i think the way starflight handles things in general (laughs) i don't know it's just sure it may not look nearly as good because it's a 1986 game originally but uh you know it may, may only have 800 planets as opposed to eight cotillion cotillion planets, but uh, honestly, I would take a handcrafted experience um, over procedural generation any day. And that's not to say that procedural generation can't be great. I love rogue and roguelikes and games that use those mechanics. I mean, even Toe Jam and Earl does. But um, there are certain scenarios where it, it can just kind of run out of steam and it can feel a little empty. So yeah, take it from Aaron, design your game, make it fun, make people want to keep coming back to it because I, I sunk some time into that game, but like I have not gone back to it yet. Whereas certain games where it's like, if it's, if it's a game you're in love with, you're going to keep on playing it and playing it and playing it. But hey, maybe you guys have a different opinion than, than I do, and that's awesome. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think, especially when we eventually cover Starflight and see if you guys can draw some parallels. Very cool. 
Yeah, I, I, I dabbled in that game a little bit. I think I said I put a few minutes into it, but just <laughs> he dabbled. Not, he not dabbled. my thing. But that's all right. Now hopefully, Starflight okay. will be my thing. I've, I've given. I up. hope so. I've popped that and, game and in three or four think, times. Uh, and, and if we have to ease you into Starflight, say, hey, let's play Pirates first. You know, because <laughs> Pirates is kind of the gateway track. I think uh, <laughs> I absolutely love Pirates as well, and it's the same sort of gameplay where it's like, you know, you try to get your resources, which is gold. Or you uh, fight pirates, you find treasure maps to find your long-lost relatives, you marry uh, beautiful women or very <laughs> bookish women, depending on, you know, if you're charming or not. Um, there's just a lot of cool gameplay in, in these open-world types. Yeah, very cool. Hopefully... Uh... Again, I, I've I've tried Starflight many times, and I want to like it. So hopefully, I can dig into that. And I haven't got far enough in it to say I like it or I don't like it. But. I just recommend picking up a like a, a quick start guide um, yeah. for that game. There's some games where you don't need it, but th- that's one where I would definitely recommend. Okay, well, what kind of? It's it's just like any of those earlier RPGs where it's like, okay, what class do I need to pick? <laughs> What's the and it kind of lays it out for you like okay well this class is the best at science so or this this race is the best at science obviously so they should be my science officer that yeah. sort of thing it's that part's pretty self-explanatory um so before we move on sega news wise um some pretty big milestones um yeah. fantasy star was released 30 years ago on no, no, december 20th in Japan, so the Fantasy Star series began, and it's one of my favorite game series, so that's awesome. Um, and then you had a milestone for, I think it was Streets of Rage 2 as well, I think the same day, also dropped. 25 years. In 25 years. Man. Yeah, 25 years for Streets of Rage 2. So that's that's pretty awesome. So always, always love those milestones, and I think Sonic Mania even won some uh, some awards. Uh, I know at least for best music, um, you know, maybe not for game of the year or anything. There were a lot of heavy contenders, and uh, obviously a retro style game is probably not going to win in that category. But uh, you know, at least it was entered for some awards, whereas most Sonic games aren't these days. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Um, something I actually forgot to mention uh, at a family get together the other day um, all my in-laws were playing some game where they put that weird plastic thing in their mouth and they're asking questions and whatever and uh, I didn't <laughs> the kids wanted to play so I just kind of sat on the couch for an hour but I played a, I downloaded Streets of Rage on my phone they have that yeah. uh, and I actually beat that game in one play <laughs> with the touch screen controls and I don't know how I did it but I did <laughs> So uh, any people out there wanting to get a free iPhone game, I guess it's on Android too. It's not, it's touchscreen controls, guys. So you know you're not going to have. It's not because it's not as fun as real things. But they actually were pretty responsive. Uh, the only thing I really couldn't do was kind of hitting B and C at the same time to to punch behind yourself. But uh, that was the first Streets of Rage. I beat it in one sitting. Uh, so the touchscreen's good enough for me, I guess. Uh, I'd rather play it on the console, of course. But for it being free and the ads weren't that annoying, uh, I'd recommend. You know, downloading it if you are uh, at a family's house not wanting to play a board game <laughs> sitting on the couch for an hour. <laughs> so there you oh, go. Oh, man. 
I felt kind of guilty because I just sat there and I was like, that, that <laughs> guy had to get together who's just staring at this phone. Well, you know, that's just that's how it happens sometimes. <laughs> You're bored out of your mind and you got to pass the time. Yep, yep. I mean, would you rather be at a relative's house or the doctor's office or, a, I don't know. you know, the dentist waiting for your time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh right. Yeah, they they kind of referred to me as like there's this one reindeer who who's actually a very obnoxious. They call oh, him yeah? they call him Rudolph. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. A serious question. You know that song uh uh Run Run Rudolph? Run Run Rudolph? I don't think so. Yeah, the the Chuck Berry tune. Oh no, but that sounds awesome cuz I love Chuck Berry. Yeah, yeah. So it's the song. It's in Home Alone, and it's the song that plays when they're at the airport. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, "Run, run, Rudolph. Randolph ain't too far behind." It's like, who's Randolph? I'm not sure. He, 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 did That's he a run? good question. <laughs> he, he done Randolph. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Well, all right, Aaron. Hey, I got a question for you. What's that? You think you can ask all? You think you can answer all these questions, man? I slaughtered uh, that segue. <laughs> I guess we can go and ask Aaron now. Way, way to go, Nick. I guess so. You know what? Let's redo. No, <laughs> let's edit that no, out. No, I'm kidding. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay, and he will answer them if he wants. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I've got it pulled up right now. Um, a lovely picture of myself <laughs> flexing a bicep. Yeah. Okay, so Andrew Cohen asks, nice work putting a deadline in there, Nick. Yeah, Aaron. Hey, yeah. You should have Nick read the question to you, and you just answer them. That will make the segment kind of like an interview. Don't worry. I am not bossy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, it's completely up to you, Nick. Um, we could try that next time. I think that yeah, we'll, we'll, cool. try it, we'll try it next time. Okay. See see if Nick gets tired of it. You know, I I, I for I for some reason put the uh, hyperlink on my show notes, so and I just listen to you read them, so that'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Coates, follow up question: Aaron, how did you start making chip tune video game music? Self taught, or did someone take you under their wing? Ooh, very cool question. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I I can't say I just started making video game music. I always uh, liked coming up with songs and things as a as a little kid, and I'd come up with. Uh, you know, I loved video game music as a kid, and um, I don't know. Um, I learned to play piano and trombone and. Uh, took lessons for piano, and I think my first piano instructor I had also loved video games, and so um, I slowly started finding out about, hey, there's people that make games. Well, first of all, <laughs> I wanted to be a video game composer, but there's also people that make music with old video game systems and consoles and handhelds, but it's not necessarily tied to a video game, which I thought was a cool concept. Like, oh, you can just have music that's for music's sake. And uh, I thought that was cool. Like, people would actually want to listen to it on its own. And, I, man, it must have been early, early 2000s that I heard stuff, like, from Jake Kaufman and Bert and uh, this tiny little label called 8-Bit Peoples. And then I'd heard all this um, 
demo scene music. Because, uh, you know, my, my, my pirating days, uh, you'd, you'd get these uh, cracked programs that would always have a Cracktro, <laughs> which would play like a little demo and then play some really cool music. And I'd be like, how, how does that get made? And so first, um, I talked to someone uh, in the video game remixing scene who also did chiptune. And back before, you, it was fairly easy to make music on actual hardware or make it in programs or trackers that did that you had to do something um which was you would take samples or you'd make samples yourself you'd take these samples or take square waves triangle waves um you know these waveforms you'd take them into a program and you would attempt to make music that way or you could there, there's so many ways you could do it, but it, it, it's definitely easier to make now. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of, uh, I had a few friends. Um, it's Sega Genesis wide. My wise, my, my buddy, uh, Trevin Hughes dread. Um, he kind of showed me the ropes uh, as far as what was out there to make Sega Genesis music and started collaborating. And I've, Found out, hey, I've kind of got a Mac for this, and I just kept going from there. And uh, I make every, almost every conceivable form of chip tune for various video game systems, and um, you know, just straight up video game music and non VGM. So hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So Nick DeMarco says, I would say yeah. Says fun fact: Chuck Norris fears Aaron's arm hair. <laughs> Aaron, if the Retro Junkies had a fighting game, what would it be called and what would be your finisher? Um, first of all, that's a great idea. And, uh, man, I don't know what the name of the game would be. Maybe Nick would know. <laughs> I don't know. It would be the... Junk Fighter Ultra 2500? I don't know. <laughs> special edition the, the hoser hoedown i don't know <laughs> and then my hammer, character hammer, hammer and it. hosers <laughs> that's right and my character would be the diabolical diabetic and um my finisher would be the diabetic death grip and uh yeah let's see here so christopher kellogg asks mortal kombat or street fighter oh Ooh. And you're focusing your chi wrong. Oh, you know what? Maybe I am. I'm not sure. <laughs> so challenge, challenge to Mr. Kellogg then. Show uh, us how to show us how to focus it right. Yeah. Email us um, that picture. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of fighting game series, I think I've always been a bigger Street Fighter fan. Though, don't get me wrong, uh, Mortal Kombat 2 was kind of the pinnacle for me. I uh, love love that game. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of always been a, a street fighter for me for some reason. Um, I think because the moves were better and the controls were better. It's pretty simple. Simple as that. Sure, Street Fighter didn't have finishing moves. But um, once the appeal of those kind of wears down on that, that gimmick, then uh, you kind of want a game that uh, has lasting appeal. And, and for my money, Street Fighter just has aged better than Mortal Kombat. Not to say that the latest Mortal Kombat games aren't great, but uh, 
Street Fighters has kind of been the best series for me. Uh, and of course, you know, people are going to disagree. In this. They're going to say Mortal Kombat all the way. But, uh, you know, to each his own. I don't mind being wrong because it's all opinions. So Stephen Michael asks, without looking it up, how do astronauts weigh things in space? I'd like to hear a creative answer. Um, shoot. I guess you could compare the actual weight of the item. Um, and then because it's weightless, you'd either have to have it in a vacuum of some sort. Um <laughs> Or you'd have to be like Urkel. You know what? Yeah, just be like Urkel. In the second to last episode of Family Matters, where he invents an anti-gravity... Um, or no, he, he invents a gravity machine on the spaceship that lets them just, um, I think, I think walk around without any issue. If they don't need uh, to worry about those gravity issues. <laughs> so Jonathan Grayson asks... Do you lift CRT monitors to get those gains? Yes. Yes, <laughs> all the time. I love Timmy Mac because uh, he just had a nice gif of uh, or gif. I, I don't say gif. That's peanut butter. I say gif. <laughs> so he has Hulk Hogan here ripping his outfit off and said, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And may I also ask Nick, okay, so hear me out here. It was Jingle All the Way, but it might have been supplanted by the fact that I just watched No Holds Barred on Friday, and that is definitely a great movie to watch during Christmas. Hmm. I don't know. It, it, that's the Hulk Hogan movie if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Zeus. <laughs> so that's my pick. What about you, Nick? It's probably the cliche answer, but it's a Christmas story all the way. I grew up watching that. It used to be on yeah, like TBS 24 hours, and we'd just leave it on TBS all day and watch it. And I don't know. I just can't. I always watch that, Elf, and a Christmas Vacation every year, kind of my top three movies but uh, for Christmas time. But I think Christmas Story definitely takes it. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we've got so many questions here. I just realized I'm going to try and burn through these. <laughs> So Daniel Daniel uh, Walker asks, "Who let the dogs out?" <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Um, I I wish I could tell you the Bahamut. There you go. <laughs> uh, Otto Erlen Gregerson <laughs> asks, "How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man?" <laughs> and what is the absolute best Mega Drive game you ever got for Christmas? I always remember that song from uh, Forrest Gump, right? And <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Sing that song on there. Yes. <laughs> the answer is blowing in the wind. Um, and so to answer your question, probably Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I think that is the best answer I can give. Um, just because the game is so very iconic. Second would probably be Fantasy Star 4, because that was another game I did not expect us to get around Christmas, because it was just so expensive. Uh, I think it was like a $100 game when it came out, which adjusts for inflation is insane. Um, yeah, so Chris Vanderhoof, I said, oh, oh no, there's a deadline. And, and let's see, Brody Petal asked, what was your best Christmas for video games? 
from the man in red. Oh, best year for Christmas for video games. Wow. Ooh. Man, I think the year we got a Sega CD, I think that was the year. Uh, or maybe the year we got a 32X. If only because that was my first introduction to Doom. And I've been hooked on the Doom series ever since. I mean, the 32X, oh, and Star Wars was on it. And when it came out, we had Star Wars, we had uh, Cosmic Carnage, and we had Doom. And I have to say, even though most of the rest of the library, 32X library is kind of disappointing, Star Star Wars and Doom at the time were amazing yeah. to play. Um, so that or, or Sega CD and, and being able to play Lun- Lunar for the first time, Lunar, uh, was just the best. It was the best RPG I played up to that point. So my buddy Dan, Dan Basilia, how many times does someone need to watch Jingle all the way before they can be considered an actual person? <laughs> As a follow-up, what is the best Sinbad Phil Hartman vehicle that isn't Jingle all the way? <laughs> House guest, obviously. <laughs> As a third up, why is Pure Solar the biggest letdown in the history of homebrew games and JRPGs in huh. Canada? Uh, you know, I have not given Pure Solar a fair shake i would say part of the problem is that the soundtrack just, uh, doesn't hold up all that well um even though i i respect what they were trying to do it just does not have I, the iconic themes of other rpgs um the art direction's fantastic no matter what system you play it on um but from what i understand there's just a lot of really repetitive dungeon design and um, there wasn't enough care put into the battle system. Now, um, I really can't say much more because I haven't sunk a lot of time into it, but that's that's my understanding. And, and I have heard the whole soundtrack, so I can talk about it from that perspective. Yeah. Uh, so Chris Vanderhoff says, best video game Christmas gift ever. Um, see above. So Ashley Gibson says, if you could pick any Game Gear or Master System exclusive, to see a Genesis port of, or upgrade, what game would it be? Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic question. I think having like a two-pack of the Shinobi Game Gear games kind of with upgraded graphics would have been awesome. Or maybe a Sega Genesis version of some of the Game Gear Sonic games. Uh, so... This is one that actually did happen. Shining Force. Shining Force CD was a combination of, of the Game Gear, uh, Shining Force uh, 1, which didn't make it here, and Shining Force 2, which did. And then there was a third Shining Force game on the Game Gear, Final Conflict, that never made it out of Japan. So that, for sure. Yeah. Um, so those are some obvious ones I could think of. Uh, Master System-wise... Um, I would definitely say Master of Darkness. I don't think Sega Genesis... I mean, it only had one Castlevania. Maybe two Castlevania-style games. You had Castlevania, you had Ernest Evans, kind of. Uh, It would have been fantastic to have Master of Darkness on that system. Yeah. Which is a total Castlevania clone. So Sean Robinson asks, Hey, have you financially backed any modern Sega Genesis projects, such as those at Kickstarter? And what is your family one for Christmas? Uh, okay, so maybe not a Sega Genesis game, though we forgot to mention there is a uh, 
uh, what is that game called? It's kind of Zio. Do you remember the name of the the run and gun game that's coming out? I don't. <laughs> I think it's Zio Genesis. Hmm. No, not Zio Genesis. I'm trying to remember what it's, what it's called. All I have to do is look up Kickstarter Sega Genesis and now, I'll find it. I, I actually, the, to, to answer that, I actually am backing a Genesis uh, Kickstarter game. It's called Tanglewood. Um, created yeah. by a guy named Matt Phillips. Uh, very cool looking game. It almost looks almost Disney-like. Um, it's got like a little, uh, I don't know if it's a fox creature. But yeah. um, it, it says it's a game kind of puzzle elements can be described as a mix of Mega Drive titles, Another World, and The Lion King. So I'm actually backing that. It's something I actually contacted the creator possibly getting an uh, interview on the show. But I am backing that. It looks very cool. Um, not sure when it's coming out. Uh, it looks yeah, like oh, I'm hoping, winter oh. 2017. I said so. Well, hopefully soon. Push it back. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks, right? A couple weeks. <laughs> so the game I was mentioning is called Xeno Crisis. Xeno Crisis. And uh, it looks kind of like a Smash TV type game, but has art direction from the same guy who worked on Flint, and uh, also worked on or Flink rather, and worked on. Uh, the Adventures of Lomax, so it's going to have great art direction. The music's from uh, a pretty prominent chiptune musician um, whose name's kind of escaping me right now, but uh, it's going to be great, I think. Uh, and as far as, I haven't backed any modern Sega Genesis projects, but I did back Mega Visions magazine from Sega Nerds, yeah. and I recommend ev- everyone check that out. Uh, I packed it. I've got my copies of the magazine. I'll be completely honest. I still have not checked it out, but I'm sure it's quality content because the website is great. What? I don't, I don't think it was Kickstarter, but what was the new Genesis beat 'em up game that uh, your buddy did the uh, some of the music for? That, uh, Dread oh Soul yeah, uh, it's called Paprium. Yeah, is that out yeah, yet? From the guys who did uh, Pure Solar. Oh, it's yeah. not out yet, but they got so a good, giant though. trailer, and it definitely looks good. It's gonna be. Some of the best graphics and best music you're going to hear on the oh, system. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's got some neat-looking characters, too. It's almost like Eternal Champion-type characters. And I don't know. It just looks really cool. It looks, yeah, it looks really good. A lot of purple tints. and I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of the color purple, which is kind of weird. He just loves, loves purple. <laughs> um, I can't wait for that. So Jim Jones asked, Do you have any Sega Christmas traditions? I play Sonic 1 on the Master System Christmas Eve. After Santa has popped in, of course... Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, I always get kind of a... I get nostalgic to play Lunar um, because I remember getting that around Christmas time. I always get nostalgic to play that, that or, or a good RPG. Um, you know, like I did start playing Fantasy Star 2 here a while back. I need to go back and pick it up again. But yeah, I, I don't have too much in the way of traditions, but uh, those are some of the things I like to do, is to pick up a good RPG and sink some time yeah. into it. Uh, so, uh, Ian McGarry asks, how much is it for the gun show? And what <laughs> is love? But seriously, since this is a Christmas special, what would Nick Stevens, yourself, and your other fellow co-hosts from the past portray in a nativity play? Ooh, I would be the wise man. I would be all three. <laughs> I'd be all three wise. No, I'm just, just all kidding. Three of them. Uh, all three of them. Yeah, just all three of them. No, I would be one of the wise men, I think. I like that. 
Maybe the camel. I think <laughs> Nick would be the camel. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Nick. Nick would be. Uh, I don't. Nick, would you be baby Jesus? I, mean, I played I Joseph would... once in a church play. Is that there you camel? go. <laughs> no, I think Rob Luther. He he's the one who's like got the the look for it. Yeah, that's he true. Could do it. Yeah, he would. He he could pull flannel off in those days. That's right. <laughs> I think Josh, oh, who would Josh, maybe he could be, if he wants to be Mary and put a wig on, that's up to him. <laughs> Won't say no. All right. <laughs> and Landon, well, Landon would be. Security. <laughs> he'd be security. He'd be the guy at the door going, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> no one's getting in this major. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gabe Van uh, Gilder asks, "What Christmas present are you anxiously awaiting under the tree?" Ooh. Uh, well, I already got all my gifts, but uh, one thing my dad got me I didn't get to talk about on the show was uh, for me and the kids was this one of those retro. It says retro eight bit, and it's like a tiny little handheld that looks like a Game and Watch. And it has 150 of those knockoff, yeah, uh, ripoff games on it. And what's funny is it says it's 8-bit and it's retro, but you can kind of tell these were all coded on J2ME, which is like the mobile Java plat Java, the mobile Java <laughs> platform um, that they used to have on all the the color Nokia phones. Okay. And before everyone had an iPhone, and you remember those games like the frame rate's kind of not so great. I do. But there's some decent games in there. This is kind of the same way. Um, the music isn't that bad, but what's hilarious is they ripped all the music from various NES and Sega games. And so I actually heard the shop theme from, or, or I think it was like the options menu theme from Fantasy Star 2 in there. <laughs> um, I heard the first overworld theme from Dragon Warrior 4, a very slowed down version of the Bubble Man theme. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's already uh, slow enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's sad. I know so, this part. <laughs> and uh, Solomon's key. Just it's it's just so funny for for games that you wouldn't you, you think. Oh man, it's I don't know if that really goes with that game, but okay. <laughs> and they're all like knockoff games, and sometimes it'll be like they'll actually throw in elevator action or Circus Charlie, and then you play the game and realize, oh man, they didn't really code the actual game here they coded a facsimile of the game but then they forgot to finish the game and so it's like the first level repeats and repeats and repeats it just gets a little harder every time so uh i might make a video of it sometime um just because it's a curiosity but it's definitely not a great product by any stretch (laughs) all right so, Ken Kuzumas, what's happening? Not much, man. What about with you? Josh Witt asked if Chuck Norris could Chuck Norris. Now, how much Norris would a Chuck, a Chuck Norris Chuck? And Ken answered a lot. I have to agree with that. <laughs> so, Chris Vanderhoff, um, since I didn't really answer his last question, he says, what is your favorite gaming memory? I love to think how it was when I was a kid. It's a great escape to me with all the responsibility right now. I recall many fond memories. My best friend... Uh, lived across the street from me, and he had an NES, and after that guy Genesis, I remember going there and playing Contra and was blown away. 
and then we found out about the Konami code, and we'd get so close to beating it, and then die on the last level. The day we finally beat it was awesome. Man, so many good memories. I wish even for one day I could go back and not have all the responsibility. I have now and enjoy uh, one good summer day as a kid again. Nick, I allow you to answer this question too. Um, I, I kind of want to keep this brief just because I've uh, got a bunch more questions to answer here. <laughs> um, honestly, if you're down for it, Nick, because we're doing a Christmas special, aren't we? Yes, we are on Patreon. I just want to... Okay. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh, wait, are we doing it on Patreon? Never mind. I'll get to the Aldi's on this show. I was like, oh, maybe I can cover some of them on there. But you won't hear your answer uh, if you're not a Patreon. Which is a so, good reason to come be a Patreon. <laughs> it is. So to answer your question, Chris, um, I think about the times where I got my parents to play games with me. And I think those are my favorite because as much as I love playing uh, with my siblings, um, it's either that or playing with my kids. Yeah. And childhood memories, playing with my parents. Uh, it's just nice being able to connect with them in, in some way. My mom, even though she wasn't really a gamer, she loved that I had found something that I loved to do. And she was always very supportive of my hobby. And, and she even said when I played RPGs that it was I was developing good reading habits. <laughs> so she wasn't wrong. I, lo- I love to read. Uh, and RPGs help with that. And uh, I remember playing stuff like Pilot Wings with my mom and us trying to get her to play like Sonic the Hedgehog. And, you know, she would just freak out and be like, I'm going to die. And then with my dad, it was like you could either get him to play a pinball game or you could get him to play Jeopardy. But you had to be the one to, a- to answer and then he'd give you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved pinball games. What about you? Good I, sir. So... Growing up in the era we did, games were hard, right? Uh, and I think my favorite memory is a very vivid one. I was probably, I had to have been seven or eight years old, and it was the first time I ever beat Contra. Uh, and I was using the 30 Lives Club, believe it or not. Uh, it took me that long. Uh, like I had that game for two or three years, and I finally beat it, and that was like one of the greatest moments of my life when I finally walked out of that. And I've played that game so much now that I can beat it without continuing. No 30 Lives what cared. What a sad life. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just but kidding. Just, just being able to beat games, period, uh, growing yes. up at our age, was uh, or at, at our time with NES and even Sega, yes. not easy. You know, The first time I ever beat Super Mario Brothers was just ridiculously exciting because those big long jumps at the end of the game, like you had to memorize that you know save states things like that but um and kind of like you um sitting around you know kind of indian style eating pizza playing video games with family i we had a nintendo at my grandparents house and um and a, and a genesis actually too uh and my cousins and i would play and we just spend all evening playing games you know wake up in the morning go play outside when we get too tired we come back in and play games it's just kind of brought back good childhood memories i was actually at my grandpa's house today and i walked back in the room where the video games used to be and sat down kind of thought about all those times we used to play them back there so it's just more of the bringing family together and kind of bringing memories back to things were a little bit more simpler and i think that's why i hold on to the retro stuff like i do just because of the the good times absolutely yeah good good question chris uh you know sometimes your questions aren't that great but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding so uh my buddy Jeff, Jeff LaRue, or Game Genie Sokolov, uh, he asked, why are the FM Rangers so awesome? 
explain that <laughs> level of success. Well, hey, man, since I'm part of that collective as well with you, uh, I have to say because it's made up of a great bunch of talented, cool Sega composing dudes. So uh, that, that's why, you know, we've got good chemistry. And I, uh, you know, if you make it out to MacFest, you might actually hear one of our songs. And uh, that would be awesome. Um, so his other question, I'll, I'll leave you guys to read it. Um, you can read it on the group page because I probably can't tell you what it is on this show. <laughs> But I'll just I'll just say the answer is uh, uh, I would say the phone the phone's the father there you go <laughs> I don't know um, so <laughs> Michael Kelso why are you the way that you are <laughs> you know it's because that's how my parents made me and uh, I'll leave it at that <laughs> what a jerk question I know. So Douglas Delucky asks, "How have you kept all of your hair?" <laughs> I'd like, <laughs> so to, know I'd like that to get too. some of mine back. <laughs> Me too. Um, you know, I I use pomade. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Grecian formula. No, I honestly I just try to keep the harsh chemicals out of my hair, and I use a little bit of a. I have some of that. Uh, I don't use gel so much as I use the, uh, what is that? You get the, it's like a jar of swab. Dapper it Dan. almost looks <laughs> like the, the, the Noxema stuff. And then it's it's kind of a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, a, a cream. It's a cream. You use the swab cream. Are you a Dapper Dan man? I'm a Dapper Dan man. There you go. <laughs> but no, uh, I think I've just been very fortunate. My dad has most of his hair. Um, and I have most of my hair, so, you know, I'm very fortunate, and I, I, I understand that, because I'm 31, not, not everyone who's 31 has all their hair. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to lose it fast. So Chris asks, when will Rob come back? And you know what? If you listen to Patreon, you'll get to hear him on the next episode. And he actually just ordered the next game we're covering after this show. Which is so. awesome. Did yeah. he get three copies, though? And, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm actually going, I'm going to a retro game store tomorrow to see if I can't find it. Uh, I haven't been there in a long time. Was it? California yes. games? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Man. Okay, that'll, so that'll Sean Robinson uh, asks, what are your favorite audio sequencer chip tune chipsets? Okay, wow. and why? Oh, yeah. So I absolutely love the YM2612, which is the Sega Genesis chipset. But fun fact, the Sega Genesis is actually made up of two chipsets because they wanted to be backwards compatible with the Sega Master System. The Sega Genesis contains a YN2612 for six channels of FM synthesis with one channel that can be used for samples. And then you've got um, a four-channel, um, three channels of PSG, one channel of noise on the SN side, which is a Sega Master System compatible chip so i love that combination um i'm a, actually a fan of the i'm a fan of the nes sound chip much more than the master system sound chip by itself just because there's a lot more you can do with it having composed on both the commodore 64 um, chip is amazing considering way back in 82 it was that it came out and 
It had uh, a lot of features for a sound chip that you couldn't find in any other computer or video game console at that time. It was very powerful. Um, so definitely the SID chip, you know, because it had things like you could do like distortion and you could do um, hardware sync and you could do pulse width modulation and just some, some really cool things that you didn't hear anywhere else. Um, the Amiga, the Amiga chip, the Paula chip was amazing for its time because it was the first chip that brought um, sampling capability to the masses, basically. And you could make music with its four channels of, of sampling capability. And, and that would pave the way for the Super Nintendo with its eight channel. I think it's eight channels of sampling. And then on from there, you had stuff like the PlayStation Saturn, the Sega CD, um, that allowed you to, to do varying degrees of sample synthesis. So there you go. Those are some of my favorite things. Um, so Liam Piper asked, my question for both Aaron and Rob Luther is, where did call each other hosers originate? It's not a term I hear at all England side of the Atlantic, apart from people who use hose pipes to water your garden. I believe it actually means cow, and I think it comes from, uh, it's kind of a Canadian Bob and Doug from SNL. Bob and Doug. Yeah. From what? I'm sorry? <laughs> from SNL. Yes, from, from SNL. Absolutely. <laughs> Who I think got their... Didn't they get their own movie? The McKin... Ah, I think... Did they? Let's look. I know that was a big thing. Strange Brew? Is that the yeah, name of Strange the... Brew. Was that SNL or was that... Uh... Let's see. Bob and Doug I McKenzie. I want to say that was SCTV. Yeah, yeah. Introduced on SCTV. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So check out Strange Brew sometime. And you'll hear a lot of hoser talk. <laughs> and hose head. Take off. And that sort of thing. And <laughs> hose head, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Jared Adams, final question here. What game do you feel the music made the game? And if it wasn't as good, it would have been forgettable. Also, do you believe in magic? Oh, man. And I hope you do. <laughs> you know, I just tried playing <laughs> Home Alone 2. And... <laughs> It's not like complete garbage or anything, but it's not great. But the music definitely <laughs> elevates it. And if that music wasn't in there, I, I think I, I wouldn't like it so much. Uh, but it has, it has a charm to it. The music's actually halfway decent in that game. Uh, there are a few games like Devilish, which I've mentioned, which has a phenomenal soundtrack, which no one would care about if it wasn't for that soundtrack. Because let's face it, it's not a phenomenal game. It's a, it's a breakout style gain um but the mechanics just aren't super duper great um socket is another game that has a great soundtrack but the gameplay kind of falls a little flat for a sonic clone um so yeah there, there's a few for you to mull over and there you go that ends the ask aaron segment that is our last ask aaron nice. segment of 2017 we've nice. made it through another year guys yes and you have Listen to me yap on and on. I wish we could like tally how many questions have actually been asked. Oh, I know. Man. Try not to do repeat questions, but I don't mind. I, sometimes I do variations on a theme. Yeah, there, there's a challenge. I, I will give a free Patreon uh, code to anyone who doesn't have Patreon. Go out there and find out how many questions have been asked to Aaron. <laughs> and I'll give, I'll give you that Patreon <laughs> link for free. 
Or else you can go spend one dollar a month at patreon.com slash Genesis James. There you go. And All don't right. forget that uh there there were some issues with Patreon before and now since cleared up. Yeah, that no was no longer an issue with Patreon um charging our our one dollar subscribers a service fee. Um they decided not to do that. So do not worry about that. It's like, you know what? We should let the creators handle their relationships with their Patreons and, and not us directly. And I think yeah. that's a good idea. Which, by the way, big thanks to Chris Vanderhoff. He actually doesn't support, uh, he actually doesn't provide donations through Patreon. He just sends us money on PayPal. <laughs> I don't think he's a big fan of the Patreon, but uh, big thanks to that. If you guys, if anyone out there isn't you know, comfortable with Patreon, we'll take your donations anyway. <laughs> I sound awful saying that. We'll take your money. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, call 555-1800-GYMS. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's really cool. Really appreciate that, Chris. And anyone else who wants to do that, if you don't feel comfortable with Patreon, again, we're going to keep the show going some way or another with or without the, the Patreon support. But, but With or without you. you no, too, I'm man. just kidding. We, <laughs> we, we, we love your support, guys. Yes, yes. So I always feel like I, I'm too humble, but then again, I don't want to beg for money, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Aaron, let's get on with this thing, all right? All right. So uh, game, game on. on. Game on, game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! <laughs> Alright, <laughs> Home Alone for the Sega Genesis. Um, so it's funny, I actually never played this game uh, Me in, neither. in depth until here. I did play, I did hook it up to a ROM one, or to an emulator one time and fiddled around with it years ago. I, didn't do much I it, never but. ever played it until a couple weeks ago. But I had very, very vivid memories and played a lot of Home Alone for the NES. Which Me always, too. Always it's des- so weird. I always describe it as like the very first survival horror game I've ever played. <laughs> that, I mean, that's how I feel. That it's... Yeah. That it doesn't get enough credit for that. That uh, you know, even though it's it's 20 minutes, uh, there's people talk about you know the jankiness of some of the controls and the repetitive nature of the music. But man, I got a lot of fun out of that game. I did too. I did too. Uh, I don't know about this one. We'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this game was actually published by Sega and developed by someone a little familiar from this show. Brian A. Rice, Inc. Now, do you remember what Brian A. Rice did that we covered on here before? Ooh, Brian A. Rice, Inc. Tongue um, of the Fat Man. No way. <laughs> yep. So there you go. This, this is, is a, a much better sl- game than... Slaughtersport. Than Sorry, guys. Slaughtersport yeah. was the Genesis much release. Much better game than Slaughtersport, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, yeah. far. We'll, we'll go ahead and state that right now. But I'll, that was kind of a, surprising given. to me. And then uh, it was released in 92, and the music was done by two gentlemen, one named Rolf Weber and Clifford Falls. Now, I was really shocked listening to the music of this game. I was expecting to see Ghostbusters from the Genesis on one of these guys' credits. I did not see that. Because some of the sounds and some of the tunes reminded me of the Ghostbusters game for Genesis. Uh, but no, I th- uh, Clifford Falls actually had some credits in David Robinson's Supreme Court, Batman Returns, uh, Lynx Casino, some things like that. And then uh, Rolf Weber had... I can click his uh, <laughs> uh, maybe games link here quick enough. Uh, Batman Returns as well. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers did sound effects on that. Also, David Robinson's Supreme Court and uh, Instruments of Chaos starring Young Indiana Jones, <laughs> which I have that game. So you know, not not the most profound resumes in the world, but there's some interesting games in there for for sound and music. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of. Uh David Robinson, the Admiral. So. Yeah, yeah, San Antonio, man. Absolutely. 
I had a I had a jersey when I was a kid. I had a jersey, David Rumson. Actually, I had two of them. I had a San Antonio Spurs jersey of him, and I had the uh, Team USA jersey of David Rumson. So there you go. And then uh, if you want to buy this game, uh, you can grab it loose for about $9, and it's complete in box right now going for $14.99. So 15 bucks get you there. Um, and then kind of reading the little synopsis of this game from every game. This is real short. It says, uh, playing as Kevin, you start off on his trusty sled, but the main job is to get to the house and make it bur- and make it burglar-proof. This involves setting up traps throughout the house. Useful objects such as a crossbow, wire, and pepper can be combined to make fiendish weaponry. You must also lock up any valuables you find to avoid the family losing them. So there's a quick synopsis. You know, it's funny, and we'll get into this more and more as we go through the game. I honestly didn't even care about the valuables. I was just worried about stopping the burglars from house to house. <laughs> but you do need them. You, you do, do need the valuables. You do need the valuables. Uh, this is much more important than, say, the Super Nintendo game. That's like all I you did in the just, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just collect the, the valuables, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And try to play keep away. But in this game, there's a whole bunch of safes. In yep. every house, including in some of the bathrooms, for some reason. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, so you, you definitely want to collect as many of the valuables as you can, um, because they're a very important mechanic of the game. One is that some of them are for setting traps um, in every home, and the other ones are for building weapons, which is a very, very unique mechanic. Yeah. And I don't think there's really any other game I could think of at the time that was really doing this. Yeah, and and for those of you who haven't played this yet or are frustrated and haven't figured it out, you really probably need to read something or even listen to us before you get into this game because I just want to talk about my first experience playing this game. So I popped it in. I kind of drove around the town a little bit on the sled, found some tires underneath some snowmen, went into... Let's look at that sled real quick. Yeah. It's a like, rocket-powered sled. <laughs> I didn't see, like, a gas pedal or anything on it. But yeah, there's a charge button. I think that's what it's called it in the game. It goes faster than a car. It does. Especially <laughs> faster than the van that's driving around in April. Absolutely. And w- is that what that meter was? Like, a charge meter? Like, where you can yeah, yeah, yeah. go faster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's kind of like your gas. How much gas yeah, do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just press one of the buttons to hold it down. You kind of speed around a bit. Yeah. And you kind of want to knock down all the... Uh, the snowmen to collect items. But go go on with your recounting of your first experience playing the game. What, what kind of happened? Yeah, so I go into the first house, and of course the game itself doesn't really tell you anything. You pop it in, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll ride around a little bit. I went into the first, man- I, I think it was called the mansion, which I'm assuming was Kevin's house. And I started just wandering around. I found a bunch of items and couldn't craft anything. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then here come the what? Did you play it on easy? Yes, yes. Easy or yeah. normal? Play it on easy, which easy actually will auto-craft things for you if you yeah, find enough of the stuff. Handy. But if you just go into one house, I don't believe there's enough stuff in one house to craft anything, if I'm remembering right. Um, I know it's a lot harder uh, if you just go into a few houses. But anyways, going to the first house, here come the wet bandits stealing stuff. I, uh, I, and before you go into the house, you actually are able to set some traps. So I set some traps here and there. I had some marbles and stuff, and then here they come, and I start shooting the only thing you have in your inventory at the time is a BB gun. And, of course, you got them down, and with the mixture of that BB gun and any of the traps you set, it's not going to bring the pain meter all the way up. And what the pain meter is, I found out later, you know, researching the game a little bit, there's three meters. You have loot, you have, what else is there? i got it pulled up here. Loot, pain, and ammo. So ammo, loot, and pain. 
and uh, if you get the pain meter all the way up, it actually makes the wet bandits leave the house. If the loot meter goes all the way up, the house is considered flooded, of course, and you lost that house in the neighborhood. Well, going into the first house with just the BB gun and everything you have is not enough to get the pain meter up, so I quickly lost the game and got mad. You didn't lose the game, you can go into the next house. I got mad and quit. I immediately went to game FAQs <laughs> to figure out what the heck's going on in this game. So, I don't know if that's kind of your first uh, experience with that. Aaron. Yeah, uh, even on easy, I was just trying to figure out, okay, well, I, I know just from reading a little bit about the game, um, having never played it, that I've got access to this sled. It's a little more open world than any of the other Home Alone games for the various systems. Um... So I was kind of thinking, you know, and we didn't even really get into, like, how it compares to the movie. But uh, I was kind of figuring, you know, I'm going to set traps or do something like that. And I'm going to be able to outsmart the bandits um, in whatever form they take. So, yeah, I jump into the game. I move around with my uh, motorized sled. It's awesome. I think that... I, I think the designers... Uh, actually put some thought to that one. I thought that was cool. That is Knocking cool. over the, the snowmen to pick up items. So I did pick up a few items. I went into the first house I, I found. And one thing is you kind of have to slow down in front of the house or you will just keep on careening into the front door. <laughs> uh, it's not immediately obvious. Uh, obviously, oh, I have to go to the front door and kind of slow down a little bit. Uh, so I went into the mansion, which is uh, uh, Kevin's house, basically. And yeah, I was a little bewildered because like, I see this... Uh, trap setting screen like blueprints like kevin arnold got a hold of blueprints for all the houses somehow it's really cracky eight year old you just said kevin arnold didn't you <laughs> no <laughs> what is it it's kevin, kevin uh, McAllister. McAllister. yeah kevin arnold's yeah. uh wonder years <laughs> yeah <laughs> love that show you called me out <laughs> uh yeah so the other uh the other kevin yeah so kevin Kevin McAllister uh, <laughs> is like a super genius and it's also gotten all the blueprints from the blueprint store, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, if you can get to these houses before the bandits do, which I found out, uh, you go to a blueprint screen and you can set traps. And I really didn't know what which trap was better than the other trap. And so I just kind of set them haphazardly. So, you know, you could have some tacks, you could have some grease, you could have some ice. And so I just kind of set them all over the place, not really knowing. Um, and I did not realize either that you can trip on your own traps. Um, so you have to jump over those. And then the game is kind of weird in that the way you jump is when you're jumping straight up, uh, Kevin kind of faces away from you. And he faces towards the background. Yeah. And you're trying to pick up the items in the background. I guess the game's trying to tell you, hey, there's items in the background. Look for these. And the other weird thing was, why do I have a button dedicated to a tire? What's <laughs> yes. a tire going to do? And I was just so confused by that. But it, it's actually pretty, pretty interesting that this eight-year-old kid um, uses tires. And why not a trampoline? I don't know. Maybe because they're heavier. Or a pogo stick. That would and, make and, more sense. And how to are me. you finding just random old tires in the middle of a nice neighborhood? Oh, I don't know. Some understand yeah. me, I guess. Yeah. I, no idea there. <laughs> but yeah, he finds these random tires. Um, maybe he t- takes off of people's vehicles. I don't know. 
or underneath snowmen. Uh, and yeah, you can jump to higher places, which turns out to be pretty cool because there's at least one house, uh, the haunted house, where you can use that tire to jump up to a secret area and get a whole bunch of items, the attic. Um, which I didn't even know if you, there's like an FAQ on game facts that didn't even know that. So it's pretty, <laughs> but yeah, I, I died pretty quickly too. Well, you don't really die in this game so much as the bandits flood the house, they leave the neighborhood, they come back and you get a worse ending because yeah, yep. basically in easy mode, you get 20 minutes and in the harder mode, you get 40 minutes. And, and here's the thing too. Play the easy mode a few times, get your bearings, um, learn how to play the game, learn how to, like, the, the whole crafting thing. That was a little bewildering to at first because I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, okay, what's the, <laughs> you know, what's the platform, operator, ammo? Uh, it, it'll start making sense to you as you as you go through the easy mode because it'll do like auto creation for yeah, you yeah. to collect items, which is very handy. Very nice. And then they're like, I went to a game FAQ that actually showed you all the combinations, and you know, you you needed. They had every item had like a, had a subject, and you needed the crossbow and the balloon and the marbles to do this. And so there's there's some real good resources out there if you really want to yeah. dig into that. And, and we'll we'll dig into the weapon system a little bit separately, I think. Um, but yeah, gameplay wise, for me the first time it was a little bewildering, and definitely, honestly, not what I expected out of a movie based title. There were uh, uh, there was effort. Yeah. The game <laughs> in ways that kind of surprised me that you wouldn't necessarily see in a game like this where it's normally a rush to uh, you know make make us make a quick buck right yeah exactly and this was also ported to the game gear a little a little more stripped down definitely not as good as this one but same basic gameplay concept but yeah you you, you come in one of these houses and uh, I think the Wet Bandits, uh, Harry and Marv, um, if you remember the movie, they're trying to take down the whole neighborhood. Um, and, you know, their plans are kind of thwarted by this eight-year-old um, who realizes they're trying to sneak into his house. But the, the way the game differs is that... Um, you really in, in the movie Kevin really only goes into two houses during the extent of the movie he goes into his house and he goes to the next door neighbor's house at the very end uh, to try and, and run I think I think that's where he ended. I want to say that's where he ended up um, or maybe maybe he was in, in the back house at his place I can't remember but uh, you know they kind of catch him and uh yeah. So the difference here is, in this game, you've you've got a variety of houses, and a few of them are, are kind of uh, your standard issue type houses. You know, you've got your mansion, you've got a country home. But the thing is, like each house has a different enemy you're gonna find, and Kevin is kind of defenseless against enemies, so you really do have to hide or make sure you know, use those enemies to your advantage and have them attack um, Harry and Marv. And so in the mansion, it's Buzz's spider, uh, or his tarantula rather, in uh, the country home, it's a ghost for some reason. 
Uh, I don't remember Home Alone having supernatural elements, but then again, <laughs> Home Alone 2 on the Super Nintendo has killer luggage, so kind of par for the course. Um, in this game, you also go into a ultra-futuristic home that's kind of straight out of Star Trek with pneumatic tubes that shoot you up and down the floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a killer robot, uh, which will kind of shock you. Just like all the other enemies, they'll shock you for a time. Um, and then you'll get up. If Harry and Marv catch you, just like in the movie, they'll hang you on a hook. Buy your pants. <laughs> Buy your pants. And But the good thing is in this game, you can wiggle yourself free and go back to beating them up. Uh, and, and so ultimately, what, you're going to run. Button, what button? ultimately actually got you free because i just started button left mashing. and right okay because I, I, I just hit everything and i eventually yeah. came down. left okay. and right really quickly will wiggle you <laughs> off the hook. it's like fire pro wrestling when you're trying to get off a pin hit left yeah, and right real fast. that's yeah. exactly how it is <laughs> so left and right really quick will get you off the hook um and then ultimately you're trying to get that pain meter up so that they don't flood the house because they're the wet bandits that's their signature and uh, if you're able to clear them out of that house, they'll leave their neighborhood for a little bit. You can go collect some more items, and then they'll hit up another house randomly. And so it's kind of up to you to figure out, okay, what are they going to hit next? Um, and you can kind of track their van as it comes in. But uh, my strategy is kind of collect as many items as I can at first. Set, set a few traps um, at the various houses at like the front of the house. So it kind of gives me a good jump on the enemies. So they don't get too far in um, because if you set your traps like at the entrance at least you know they're not going to get a ton of loot because they're going to be too busy dealing with traps um, but yeah th this game has some pretty interesting strategy once you get into it I will say it does get a little dull on the easy stage um, but once you beat that more items open up you get cooler weapons you can build uh, and the game gets a little harder and a little more challenging, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely finding myself having more fun with it that I understand it, even with the, the limitations. Um, let's, can we talk about the weapon system a little bit more? Yeah, sure, and, and the weapon system, again, uh, definitely listen to us or go find some guides on the internet, because without yeah. that, you're just going to be guessing and throwing stuff in the air. Luckily, on the easy mode, just go collect a bunch of crap. I would at least go to two houses because the bandits always come to the mansion first. So you definitely want to hit hit the mansion up, or I always go to. The, I, I hit the mansion, then hit the ultra modern house yeah. because it always seems to have the cool stuff in it. Yeah, get everything you possibly can. Go back to the mansion. You know, use your BB gun till till <laughs> till you don't have it anymore, and then go craft something else. And like yeah, I said, it, it'll collect, auto craft uh, for you. So you're 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 gonna collect these platforms, which is your base. Oh yeah, okay, that's what it's called. It's, it's your base item, like, okay, what's the thing that I'm actually firing? So it could be a crossbow, it could be a can, uh, which is kind of like a projectile. It could be a blow dryer, which is a, a bazooka, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> You've got a scoop, which uh, you can launch items. So it's also kind of like a grenade launcher, but it's a lower arc, so it's a lot easier to hit the enemies with. And then um, expert various, only. <laughs> there's some expert only yeah, weapons. Expert only weapons like the CD player, which is great. Yeah. CD player plus wire, uh, plus battery. 
Sonic Wave Gun. Sonic Wave Gun. And uh, yeah, so you've got your platform, which is your base item. Sonic Wave Gun is awesome because certain weapons will actually do more damage, and you ultimately want to inflict yeah, enough pain to leave the house. The so Sonic Wave Gun is like it deafens them, and it does the most damage. Uh, so you want to get your operator, which could be a balloon, could be a wire, could be a rubber band. Uh, and there's some really interesting items, especially this, this kid is like eight years old and he can make a, a rope mortar, uh, whatever <laughs> that is, or a flashbulb shotgun, which I did unlock and was amazing. Uh, so... There's some pretty cool things you can create in this game. The thing is, um, and I think I would have had more patience with this as a kid, in that once I figured out a gun, I would have written it down right away. I think as a kid, I would not have hesitated to write down every combination. Just like, a, and it's the same thing with A Boy and His Blob, where you're doing different, you're trying out different combinations because they're not clearly labeled what these things will actually do. Um, what you will find yourself doing is, what I would recommend doing is, if you're not looking at a guide, is find a combination that works and then write down that weapon. See how you like it. Uh, different weapons do better attacks. And then ultimately there, there is a reason for having a variety of weapons. You actually get a score bonus for using different weapons within the same house. And plus, you're going to be running out of ammo quite a bit unless you've done a lot of collecting. And here's a really interesting thing is that once you've built one of these weapons and you run out of ammo, you can actually break down the weapon again and reuse the parts, which up to this point, I really hadn't seen in any other game. So yeah, that's like... definitely innovation points for this game for allowing you to reuse the weapon, whereas <laughs> A game like Contra would be like, oh, or not Contra, but a, a game where you have limited ammo. It'd be like, oh, I guess you can't use that weapon anymore. Too bad. You know? Uh, so I, I thought that was pretty fascinating uh, that, that you could do that. Now, as far as ease of use of, of weapons, of course, the bazookas that you make with the blow dryer uh, <laughs> and the starter bazooka that you have are the easiest to shoot because they have the furthest range. Um, one thing that you should try to do is use things like, especially the mortar, because it won't disappear after multiple uses. It stays there uh, for all time. Um, if, if you let the, uh, I guess it's more, whatever it is, the oil slick basically. If you leave that on the ground, um, you can hit the enemy they'll slide over they'll come towards you they'll walk away you can hit them again and they'll come towards you it's kind of a repeat of loop especially if you do it by the stairs um you can kind of cheese the system a bit yeah uh, I, I haven't been that good to be able to do it but uh there, you know, there's a few exploits and things you can do in the game but um you know i have to say the game is starting to grow on me more than I, I, I thought it would. I've heard people that like the game quite a bit, but uh, I, I really wasn't knowing, didn't know what to expect. Um, did, did you have anything? Oh, oh, here's another thing I wanted to discuss. The fact that when you actually beat the Harry and Marv uh, and inflicted enough pain, 
the game while <laughs> transitioning to a little cutscene, and you get dad jokes. And and I think and, and, and depending maybe, on what weapon you exactly use. whatever weapon you kind of ended with. So there's like a little saying for everything. I think the you know the first stage if you beat it like a BB gun, I believe it says uh, I wrote it down here. Um, drop by again anytime. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or uh, you guys better not stick around. Yeah, and then like the Use ball, the glue gun. Yeah, yeah, and the one where you they, uh, you know, I think it's like what is it, the super ball launcher? Uh, he says, "I bet you guys are having a ball." <laughs> I like <laughs> or, that. Or uh, the the flash bulb shotgun. You guys didn't know what hit you. What hit you? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, and I think it, it was twenty minutes, right? Was the uh... yeah twenty minutes for easy mode and yes. forty minutes for the normal mode and, and you have right when the game starts you have a minute before I believe I read that right on the internet you have a minute before the crooks actually get in the house so, like we said earlier yeah you have about a minute in do all the normal mode can. I think you have about two minutes in easy mode before they start causing havoc and, and that and gives you time to collect enough items I think you mentioned the button for the tire um, did you. You didn't talk about the tire, what you actually do with it, right? That's uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. You just set it down. Yeah. You jump on it so you can get to the higher to reach items. Because there's a few items in, just think about the mansion, like on top of one of the bookcases you can't grab. So if you throw the tire down on the right spot, uh, jump up and down on it, you can actually get up there. And most of the tires, I don't know if they're all under, but if you just run into the snowmen outside on your uh, motorized sled, you'll find tires. So. And we should make special mention to, I think... Uh, Often with licensed video games, we want to talk about how well do we think they actually use the property. Whereas we talked about Last Action Hero and it felt <laughs> like they really didn't do much with it at all. Just very, very generic um, action beat-em-up game with not much variety to it. Uh, I thought there was enough variety in this game, even though it's got a pretty simple gameplay hook once you boil it down. Um, I feel like there's enough variety, especially with the weapon crafting system. Um, and, I don't know, like, did the game translate well to your memories of the movie? Did you feel like there was a connection there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. Um, I thought they did a very good job of making the characters look like the characters, so that was a plus. And then, just all the little you know, watching the movie and seeing all how smart Kevin was, I mean, even then I'm like, eh, he's how's a kid that smart? And, and, and kind of translate well into the video <laughs> oh, game with the blueprints, and how, making all these weapons out he of blueprints. He can't even tie his own shoes. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had to have that toothpaste that was, you know, whatever that was, ADA. What you're know? saying was it ADA approved? Yeah. Just hilarious. Like, why would an eight-year-old kid ask that question? <laughs> so it was, you know, it's it, it's neat. You know, and the NES game, a lot of people would kind of crap on it where well, people slam it but i i don't know i love that game yeah i i, I think it was i think maybe this genesis but that's just finest uh absolutely is that crazy that's bethesda i'm gonna make think bethesda that they made right a better game no i mean they should just stop making games <laughs> no. they should have stopped with home alone that broke my heart right there they're like one of my favorite developers love i'm just kidding with you. <laughs> anything fallout or elder scrolls i'm gonna play an open <laughs> Hey, this is the open world Home Alone game right here. Ooh, that's true. That's yeah. true. And then, you know, of course, Doom was, uh, you know, Bethesda kind of took uh, id software. <laughs> you know, Bethesda was doing first-person shooters 
before Doom and before even before they were doing uh, the Elder Scrolls games, they did Terminator games. That were first right? person. Yeah, that's awesome. I did, I did a study on the history of Bethesda. Love that company. They 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 release some duds, but you know they had some good ones. I'm not a big fan. What's the uh, oh, what's the one everyone likes? Uh, the thief guy was that oh, Dishonored? Oh, Dishonored. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the X Games. It was all right. Really? I, you, I, you didn't play the you didn't like the Dishonored games I, much. I put about I'd say five or six hours into the first one. I see why people like it. I just really don't like sneaking around. I hate it. I hate stealth games. Oh. I I can get through Metal Gear all right because of the story and stuff. But other than that, I don't want to play Splinter Cell. I don't want to play Thief. I just don't like those games at all. So. I got you. Yeah. And so. then Dishonored is. I mean, Dishonored. You could actually beat the game without killing a single person. So I know. You just like killing people. I, I do. I, I, th- I think it boils down to. I told you. I get. I played Skyrim. American. <laughs> exactly. I've played Skyrim like three or four times now, and, and no matter how many times I, I cycle through all the characters, I always either pick a Nord or a Redguard, which are both very like warrior type <laughs> characters. <laughs> Redguard always made me think it was a type of deodorant. <laughs> That's what I use. Redguard, Redguard. <laughs> Redguard. Yeah, but hey, the graphics on this game, I'll try to bring us back. Yeah. yeah I, I, I actually didn't mind them too bad. Um, yeah, so, they're not, they're not, they're serviceable. They're definitely, uh, I think they're better than the Super Nintendo version, which is absolutely kind of, the color palette on that game is pretty ridiculously bad. Pretty bad. Um, um, I thought the outside area was pleasant enough. I like, you know, how snowy white everything was. Yep. Uh, it would have been cool to like see like a nighttime transition or something like that, considering that's when. I mean, there's only 20 minutes of the whole movie devoted to <laughs> taking down the bandits. To be honest, exactly. Uh, and it all takes place at night, last time I checked. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that this one and the Super Nintendo versions... Uh, the NES one's the one that gets it right and does it at night. Um, but yeah. Graphics-wise, some things uh, look better than others, sure. But it's perfectly serviceable. And uh, I would say serviceable is a good term. It's not bad and it's not great or anything. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Kevin could probably control a little better. Uh, he doesn't have, like, the best jumping skills. No, not at all. And he doesn't, he can't really run all yeah. that well. And if you're like me, instead of, instead of just walking, I just kind of jumped all the you time. You jump forward, and that seems to be the fastest yep. move you can actually do in the game. That's fun. But, um,. No, I, and I, I thought, you know, the Wet Bandits look a lot like themselves. Yeah, you know, I'm loving that movie as much as I did. I love Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. And then I think that they did them justice. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did like, once I figured it out, I thought the uh, the menu system was pretty good. Um, like, I don't know if it really has anything to do with the graphics, but uh, just the whole finger pointing. The finger actually reminded me of uh, like playing uh, Caesar's Palace, like one of the old casino games, like hitting the slot machines. That's the first thing I noticed when I saw that. But uh, that was cool how there was a little animation of Kevin, uh, what he's doing with each weapon in the inventory, showing how the weapon reacts. You know, some some weapons shoot straight forward, some kind of have an arc and things like that. So I that was very cool. tactical yeah. in this game. I mean, just like kind of showing like what the weapon looks like. I thought that was cool. Showing what the weapon actually looks like once you uh, unlock it. Yeah, instead of having like a straight animation of him pulling the BB gun you know, out of his shirt or something, it kind of goes like Tasmanian Devil Tornado <laughs> pulls the weapon out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of like, uh, uh, I mean, 
Minecraft, you you have recipes and it shows you how to make different things. Yeah. Like that would be handy for this game, but obviously those things just weren't thought of yet, or they had limited memory constraints. They they really didn't go. You know what? We should put that in this game. Yeah. Wasn't the highest priority. What they? It's okay. What they should have done. This is random because I was playing the game right now, and every time I walk by it, I get upset. Should be able to turn around and play some of those arcade games in the mansion. Like, Absolutely, <laughs> having one wing of the mansion just devoted to arcade games, and uh, there's such charm in that. Stable. But there's not oh, a lot. Cool. There's not a lot of old games that do that. Uh, the ones I can think of, like Beavis Mansion, an arcade. Yeah, yeah uh, Beavis and Butthead on Super Nintendo. There's a couple uh, arcade games, and then. Uh, Mystical Ninja. Do you remember that game? It was yes, like stage two with Goemon. Go uh, Gradius. Yep, yep. I love that. In, uh, I want to say it was, well, it's a little different, but in Willy Beamish, you could play an arcade game on your, your fake Sega console. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it, it, it's always sad, like when you fired up Pokemon on the Game Boy and you, you just uh, action near your uh, Super Nintendo, you can't play any games. Sad day. But I always thought that was cool, having a game within a game. Shinmu, of course, is always one of my favorite ones. Like, there I, I, you go. I would go. Yakuza. Uh, well, Yakuza, Yakuza had a bunch of mini games. I don't know if they had any... Uh, you could unlock older games on it, but definitely has a lot of we, mini game style things. Aaron, we need to pick pick a month and just say we're covering Yakuza on Yes, Patreon, we do. Because I need you to know play what? that game. I think we both just need to pick up Yakuza Zero because Ooh. I've heard that's the best place to start with that series because people have said it's the best one and it's kind of um it takes place before all the other games and it just came out let's do that i wonder if it's uh not sixty dollars yet and then uh well <laughs> thirty dollars you can't do that there's uh yakuza uh Ka- kawima kawimi i can't remember how it's pronounced still book edition twenty dollars i'm looking it up that one's again. actually pretty cheap because it's kind of a more budget thing because it's a remake of the first game is that right yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would. Yep. Let's pick. Wait. Wait. How how long are those games? They take a little while to beat. They do take a little while to beat. Okay. Oh. But uh, there. Once you get into them, it's just like like with Shenmue, you'll get sucked in. Yeah, I need to. I dabbled. There was one that was free on one of the PSN uh, monthly downloads, and I yeah, got I've it. Yeah, I got like uh four and five. I want to say. And I I should have kept playing. Yeah, I played. Me 30 minutes of it. I'm like, yeah, this is my game. <laughs> I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to do that. Of course, we're going to do Shinmu too. Patreon's going to be fun next year. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, the first two Yakuza games are on PS2, but they're so expensive because they came out late in the lifespan of the system. And I would say just play the remakes if you can, or play Yakuza Zero, or just continue on with the series because they recap everything anyway. Good deal. Yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'll maybe tomorrow. I have a pre-owned um, gift certificate to the GameStop. Maybe I'll try to find that game pre-owned and pick it up. Nice, good deal. Sorry, I didn't mean to shift gears, but I really want to play the game. It's like it's been on my bucket list of whatever it is backlog of games I've been wanting to play for a long time. Cool. So I had a question about Home Alone. Yeah. Did you ever figure out how to get more charge? I couldn't find. I think nah, find I an item that will actually recharge your meter, like gasoline or something. But I, for the life of me, I've not found any gas, and so I'm like, am I just kind of screwed the rest of the game? 
I'm gonna be honest, and we'll we'll get this to this wrap up eventually. I probably read and watched this game more than I actually played it because I just got. Yeah, I watched like a full like a full on hour and a half playthrough as a guy. It's like, man, okay, if I actually do some of these strategies, that looks pretty cool. Like, I yeah. should do that. I read a really good game FAQ. Um, there's a really good one by someone named K. Rafa. Very good. Yeah. Um, now so, he's the one who missed out on the attic, though. He didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was that really you cool. You can get up into the attic, but oh, 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 overall, pretty good guide. Yeah, absolutely. It was very. Sh- I don't like these game FAQs that are like 80 pages long. This was a real. If you printed it out, it'd probably be three or four pages. Very, very well written. Very well organized with the text document. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool deal. So music. I know you had a very. Uh, interesting post about music the music is very very interesting in that um okay so i say half the tracks are pretty cool and the game does a good job of opening up kind of strong you know i would say the music that starts out is pretty decent and kind of references the john williams score a little bit um and then the the options menu music is is pretty neat, you know. Uh, I can get down to that. <laughs> like, there's some some funky stuff. Like, yeah. So, like, when you start the game up, kind of got like a funky syncopated beat thing going on. Yeah. Not bad. And then the the music in the options menu. You know, not the best instrument choice, but probably use gems. Not not too bad. <laughs> uh. And, and then the music when you're outside, it's weird because I, I can't say it's happy or sad. It's just kind of, um, it's it's got this funky syncopated feel to it. And that, so what I do like is, my favorite music is probably the music that plays anytime you go into the weapons menu. Because you've got like that, that funky uh, bass line going on. And then you've got like this cowbell. Yeah. Very, very good a little uh, hi-hat action too like, yeah but um, even better than that is is when you get to the blue the blueprint screen and that's where it's like like that's that's cool that's catchy like I like that it's when you get into some of these houses though the music really drags no kidding and it's just not that great like uh, especially when you get to the the colonial home, and you know it's kind of got a jaunty like six eight type tune going on, but then for the life of me, or maybe it's a waltz. For the life of me, I can't figure out what's going on because they put this instrument in there out of nowhere, like halfway through the song, it just goes clang 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 clang, and it's just louder than the rest of the soundtrack. And I posted about this in the group. It's the most annoying drive you insane. <laughs> Is it even on time? Like, I just heard it and got out of the house and I heard that. Like, oh crap, what's coming? Is it like a monster or something? <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and no, it's just the soundtrack of the game. And it's not an emulator issue. It's in the actual game. So bad. So bad. Yeah, I was with you there too. And and kind of going back to a statement I made earlier, um, when you're outside on the sled, there's like a there's like a stinging sound. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it reminds oh, me. Oh yeah, when you're when you 
doing like turbo, right? Well, I just meant in the music. Um, it's like ding, 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 ding. Um, it reminds me of a track from Ghostbusters, like when, when you're in like in the ice uh, area in Ghostbusters. And that, yeah. that's why I was really shocked when I looked up the composers that someone didn't have anything to do with the Ghostbusters soundtrack. It must have just been no, kind I of. I thought the Ghostbusters soundtrack was uh, a Japanese composer, wasn't it? Wasn't think, that yeah, a yeah. compile? Yeah, whenever I went and looked all that up, it was not even even were close to the same guys. But there was just a few Fucking tunes in here, a, a few uh, tunes in here that remind me of the Ghostbusters soundtrack, which I loved. But yeah. yeah. No, this is this is one of those soundtracks. It's like, oh, they got two composers. I which I wonder which composer did the good songs. <laughs> it was just one guy playing the bass notes and the other guy playing. <laughs> and the other guy doing like on the, the same loud keyboard, yeah. Travel little ding 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 ding. <laughs> they fell asleep and snoring on the button. That's what. I, I like. Was this the composer's fault or was it the programmer? Like who who did this and why did you think it was a good idea? Yeah, exactly. Because it wasn't. That's right. And, and, you know... Oh, poor American composers. They usually do not make the greatest OSTs for the Sega Genesis. But this one's kind of... It's it's half good. I'll give it that. It's half good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Alright. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, when you beat the game, assuming you did, what was your rating? I know they give, like, little ratings at the end of it. Do you remember? Uh, I did not beat the game. Well, what do you so, consider beating the game, I guess? <laughs> I, I lasted 20 minutes. No, no, minutes. beating the game is, and in, in this happens in Pirates also, you do get a, a rating. Um, I honestly just can't remember the ratings in the game. Okay. Because um, on normal mode, I lasted the 20 minutes, and I only lost one house. It gave me, like, a uh, rating of little snoop. So, whatever that means. And then the nice. credit, and then the credits rolled, and then I said I'm never playing this game again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so? Yeah, I'm done. I read about it, and that was it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So it kind of felt like a chore a little bit. That was, I think I, I think I texted you that. I'm like, I feel like yeah, I'm... You, you did, you did say that. Now, was that after kind of figuring it out and going, yeah. well, if I I know the best weapons now and the best ways to go about beating the game. It was actually after that. So, uh, so I would say um, learning how to play the game and understanding mechanics does make it more fun and knowing like how I can defeat the bandits. The problem is, there's kind of a, a loop to the game that does get a little old. And that's the fact that once you encounter Harry and Marv and you've run out of traps for them to go over, you're kind of stuck sitting there shooting at them with whatever weapons you got. And unless you've built a phenomenal weapon or found the best items to do that, you're going to be sitting there for a while watching the same animation of them falling over. And don't get me wrong, there's some cool animations like them turning to a snowman. Um, that that will kind of get old after a while. And you kind of realize, okay, so I've taken them out of this house, they're going to go to another house, then we're going to do the same dance all over again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I can see where it might get repetitive. I I will say that the weapon crafting system is still pretty cool though, and especially if you kind of start to memorize. Well, what what goes what if I if I do uh you know this this item with a balloon, um, you know plus a snowball, it's gonna make this or you know whatever it is you're gonna make. Yeah. And you start to get a feel for what what weapons work in what situations. I think that's that's pretty awesome. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. I can see it from both angles. If you grew up with this game and you owned it, I would say it wasn't a bad, definitely wasn't a bad choice for a licensed video game. No, it definitely had, it had some charm to it. I think if I had this game when I was a kid, it'd been a lot different than how I feel now. I would say nostalgia would definitely yeah, take over. Nostalgia a lot of, would definitely take over. Yeah. There, there's a lot of games that are probably technically worse than this that I would probably enjoy playing more just because I played it as, as, as a kid. Home memories. Alone for the NES, as much as I hate to admit it, is is definitely one of those or Simpsons, where I can just the, the Bart game versus the mutants. I played the junk out of that game. <laughs> oh <laughs> it was yeah, pretty awful. But yeah, Home Alone NES for some reason, I played it in the hospital when I was diagnosed with diabetes. I played it before that. Um, that's a, just a game I can go back and play anytime and try to beat my score. In this one, you also have a score, but. Um, I don't know. It can. You're right. It can be a little more tedious um, in, in aspects of it, even though it's definitely more competently made than the NES game. Yeah. There's more of a pick up and play aspect to that version. Agreed. And you can just play that one in spurts, and you don't have to go visit a bunch of stuff. Even <laughs> I, I did like all the items in the NES version were just like in square boxes. Like, oh, here's yeah, the... there's square boxes, <laughs> and and then when you like finally figure out, oh wow, like I can. Uh, do things like uh, I can actually I didn't find this out until like 26 years later oh I can use the chandelier I didn't know that you know crazy things that you, I can hide in this game you mean I can hide behind the Christmas tree and I didn't know that stuff when I was a kid <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> yeah I remember playing that I, I rented that the same month I got Bart Simpsons versus the Space Mutants Space Mutants Space Mutants for like Spade Mutants. I can't even talk here. Yeah, that was my one game for the year. Remember the kid? You get like one game. Here's your birthday present. You know, you, I remember how much you, you love The Simpsons. I'm like, oh, this is what I get to play for the rest of the year. <laughs> and I beat the crap out of the first two levels of that game. Couldn't get any further. But anyways. All right, man. Uh, that does it for my notes. you have anything else before we go into Richard Fitted Achievements? Um, trying to think. I'm kind of embarrassed here that I didn't uh, beat the game, but hey, that's what happens. Wait, I got close. I actually got to about the 20 minute mark, I want to say, in hard mode in about five minutes in, in the easy mode. I think easy mode, I was just like, you know what, let me move on to the next mode. Okay. Like, like, you get different endings, even if they flood one of the houses, you just won't get the best endings. Yeah. And, and for those of you who, who want to know, there's a timer at the top of the game. It says ETA. The ETA is actually the cops coming and getting the wet bandits. So if you can hold the bandits out long enough, you'll see the cops can get them. And I was called a little uh, snoop, absolutely. so I'm assuming that's not a very good ending. <laughs> well, now what would be cool is um, there is a online, what kind of an online service? And it's retroachievements.org. Yeah. And they have a few emulators. Um, and I wonder if this game is on there. And you can kind of compete for high score in various games. It's really cool. Yeah, cool. And people actually set up different achievements um, for various games. And kind of make their own. So, neat stuff. But yeah, that's, that's really all I have to add about the game. I did post another goofy video. <laughs> uh on our group page just kind of 
Um, you got stuck between a rock and a hard place on that one, didn't you? <laughs> pretty much. Some of the collision in the game is hilarious because you can get stuck underneath or around the van. And I was stuck around the van, and so I was using my speeder, and I was going in a circle <laughs> and just going super fast in a, in a circle. And, and then I ended up under the van and slid out from underneath it. That's great. Uh, so that was, was kind of funny. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's really. You know, as we're speaking, I'm like, I'm going to fire up the NES game and see, <laughs> see how it is again. See if my memory's hold. Because I played the SNES one, it was not good. No. I was just like, no, that, one, no. that one's probably the worst of them all. Uh, I think it was Console Wars where they tried to compare the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis <laughs> version. I think they said the Super Nintendo version was better. I'm like, oh, you guys, I'm sorry. You don't oh, know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Take off. Get out of here with that. <laughs> oh. What is next? Hey, why is Christmas just like your I job? You... I was going to tell you a joke. Oh, why, yeah. why is Christmas just like your job? Why is that? You do all the work and the fat guy with the suit gets all the credit. Oh. <laughs> of course, in my case, I'm the fat guy. So, oops. Whoops. Yeah. Here's one more. Why do Why do you call an elf? Oh, crap. What do you call an elf who sings? What's that? A rapper. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Let's do some uh, retro. You no, know, I'm kind of making a mental check of jokes never to tell around Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you made it a lot easier. You can hear them all on Genesis <laughs> Gems. I actually, and just so you listeners know, I, I added a block on my little outline I use it just says jokes so every every show I'm gonna try to bring more jokes I, I heard that heard that feedback there's two or three shows that went by where I didn't tell a stupid dad joke so you will be getting I know, plenty of dad to jokes. call you out on you it did. and so I think two other two or three other people did as well there you go there's your dad jokes for the show and with that Aaron let's do some retrofitted achievements let's do it the Genesis Gems retrofitted achievements I've got one, two, three, four, five, actually. That's the most nice. I've had in a long time. I, I kind of took quotes from the movie I could remember. Because I, I, did I get to tell you my story about this? Uh, we'll, we'll get there, because I think my brother mentioned it um, in his memories of the game. So okay. we'll get to it. But I do have a few. Cool, cool. All right. So uh, my first one. Crap, hold on. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Uh, is uh, called Super Monkey Ball. A little Sega reference there. And that's using the Super Ball Launcher to stop a wet bandit. Nice. Um, so for my first uh, achievement, um, I, I would say... Uh, uh, let's see which... Oh. <laughs> oh. You're in good hands. And that's... Uh, that, that, that's one of uh, the Wet Bandits lines. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, Marv's line. Or is it Harry or Marv? I think. I'm trying to remember which one's which. Is Harry, well, I'm, I'm forgetting too. Which which one is uh, Stern? <laughs> yeah. Pesci, I don't know. I can't even remember right now. I I'm can't so either. I even watched the movie like last week. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think Marv is... Uh, Pesci? I think Joe Pesci, yeah. Okay. So it's a line that Marv says, and uh, he says it when he's dressed up as a cop, 
when he comes to the McAllister home. That tooth is all shining and stuff. It's all shining in it, and it turns out to be Chekhov's gun because that tooth is going to go off later on. (laughs) It's actually going to come out. And uh, so I say you're in good hands, and that's if uh, you can beat the game on either difficulty without losing a single house. That'd be tough. Yeah, my uh, my next one I just call Bring the Pain, and that's uh, stopping the bandits, uh, bringing your pain meter all the way to the top. Nice. Uh, my next one is, this is Buzz's life savings, and that's uh, <laughs> taking uh, uh, all all the items from uh, I don't know, taking all the items from my house and just building the best weapon you can. <laughs> that's. Good. My next one is, uh, this is one of the puns at the end of it. Ready for a hot time tonight? And uh, for me, that's uh, just using the torch. Nice. Uh, my next one is, we're going to have silver tuna tonight. And that's uh, <laughs> and that's allowing the bandits to uh, flood all of the houses. <laughs> ending the game. <laughs> so, kind of going on with the uh, the dad joke at the end of the each stage. This is called uh, Drop By Again Anytime, and that's using a BB gun. That's the little saying you get after you use the BB gun. Stop the bandits. Nice. Um, hmm, uh, scammed by a... Oh, I think it was a... Scammed by a kindergartner, which is a line that, that Mars says. <laughs> he says kindergartner. Kindergartner. Yeah, and that's... Uh, I would say... Uh, I don't know. I, I guess you could say knock out the uh, inflicting maximum pain on the, uh, the wet bandits without getting a single hit. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. And then uh, my last one is uh, Little Snoop, and that's uh, finishing the game like I did at a very low level. All right. So is that all you got? That's all I've got. That's all he has to say about that. So let's ask the big question here. Is Home Alone a gym? Is this game of Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? And uh, Critical Reception, Moby Rank. Uh, did not think it was a gym. It got a 55 out of 100. Pretty low. Um, one of the notable reviews I got from the video game critics says, uh, Home Alone is probably too ambitious for its own good, but that added complexity will have you playing this game a lot longer than you expected. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty good. I, and I, okay, so one thing. Kind of, sometimes I have a bone to pick with, uh, with that guy. <laughs> I really do. Because if you ever look at any of his uh, Genesis reviews, I kind of take his stuff with a grain of salt. Because he gave Contra Hardcores a yeah, C minus. That's right. I remember. <laughs> so <laughs> take what he says with a grain of salt. Because sometimes <laughs> it's really, uh, yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> like, okay, buddy. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and and the other thing that you need to take these with is the fact that these are modern day reviews. Yeah, this a was, lot uh... of these reviews are not taken from original publication and and you guys should know that a lot of times we're kind of going off the reviews that we find sometimes they'll have reviews without a link to like a magazine yeah or maybe we'll like egm reviewed it but a lot of these earlier games they will not uh 
They just won't do anything. Yeah, this one in particular was written on November 30th, 2010. So, just seven years ago. So, uh, and hey, what's your review, listeners? <laughs> Our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems. We post a picture of the game we're going to be covering, and you can go on and let us know if you think it's a gem, good or garbage. And many of you have done that, so we're going to read those now. Timmy Mack says, I didn't have this growing up, but remember renting it and enjoying it. I recall it being more fun than other ports, although I did like the Game Boy one a lot. I'd say good for sure. Christopher Kellogg says, I know what I'm playing tonight. Great movie. Not expecting much of a game. Andrew Coed says, good choice for the Christmas season, even though I have never played it. I will probably watch some gameplay on YouTube to prep for the episode. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay positive and love your life. I like Andrew's sign-off. He said that in the email, too. (laughs) Stay positive. Andrew, you're a good guy. (laughs) What a good guy. Absolutely. Um, Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I haven't seen this name very often on our group, but Carbia yawn I'm oh carbia yeah so he's a he's a buddy of mine okay he, he uh guests on uh uh on geek Beat radio okay cool every now and then. I, is, he, yeah. is it yawn is that right carbia yawn yawn I, I don't know yuan. i just call him carbia carbia we'll just say carbia i don't know his real name so let's say carbia okay uh carbia says on the record way better than the thq adaptations any day which i also reviewed alongside this and this Game Gear counterpart, not to mention the Lost in New York Genesis adaptation. And then uh, posted a uh, video there. Uh, Joshua Witt says, Is this game approved by the American Dental Association? <laughs> and then Evan Nixon responded, It doesn't say, hun. <laughs> and, then, uh, Ev- and then Evan Nixon has his own write-up here. Uh, said, This movie is so dear to me. There will never be another movie that captures as many emotions as this one does for myself. I've watched this movie over a hundred times in my life. So obviously, I'm a little obsessed with the film, but I'll make this as brief as I possibly can. First of all, this version is way better than that turd on the SNES. It's a shame that the SNES version uh, even made it out the door. I can imagine thousands of children in 91 screaming just like Kevin McAllister after the first five minutes. Throw it in the furnace. (laughs) I really appreciate what the developers did for the second version, however. The graphics are great, it's colorful, it's ambitious, it's funny, it's what a home alone game should be. Although I'd love to label this game as a gem, I simply just didn't find myself going back to it much after the first run. It's a very well-made game and has little to its source material, but I feel a Genesis gem should have a stronger replay value than what this one held for me. A side note, I discovered about five months ago that this very version of the game was manufactured only about four minutes from my work. If you look on the back of the box, you'll see this address. I believe a plastic container company now resides there. Also attached is a custom box art I made for fun. Uh, Evan Nixon actually makes some really cool uh, custom uh, art. And I, th- I think he did some stuff for uh, uh, Tommy Tallarico and some Earthworm Jim stuff. So really cool stuff. So if you haven't seen that, go there on our Facebook page and check that out. Uh, Trevor Franklin says, This is one we covered a while back on Retroblist. I'm excited to see what the true pros think about it. I, ultimate f- I ultimately felt it was good. Not quite a gem, but definitely not a run-of-the-mill mediocre licensed platformer either. The trap system and general progression of the game really sets it apart, for better or worse, perhaps. Uh, Jim Jones says, Love the film, but games based on movies always leave me with a burnt hand. Always seem, to, always seem like you're walking up icy steps, a real uphill struggle. If I had a choice, I'd leave this one in the cellar <laughs> with the trap for the tap running. <laughs> like a paint can to the face, I have to say garbage. Keep the change, you filthy animals, in your game. <laughs> and then you and him talked about, you know, maybe him mistaking it for the SNES version. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Dan- Daniel Walker says, plot twist. This is, oh, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. <laughs> this is a sequel to Moonwalker, he said. 
Oh, that's great. Though, what's hilarious is you can moonwalk in the NES version of the game by accident. Yes, you can. That's right. Yeah. If you bang into a wall and you walk backwards, you can moonwalk. I guess, you know, if you're listening with kids in the car, don't, don't explain to them all that Macaulay Culkin, Michael Jackson stuff. Anyways. Um, no. <laughs> uh, John Webster said, I actually really like this version of the game. Um. And Joey, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to pronounce your last name wrong. I even have you as a Facebook friend. Joey Awajain says, garbage, laugh out loud, but fun memories. Uh, Chris Vanderhoff says, it has to be better than the NES version, right? Um, and then he says, P.S., I have never played the Genesis version. Is the gameplay different than the NES? Uh, well, Chris, if you listen to our show, yes, it is very different. Uh, Stephen Michael says, I love the movie, but the game literally, any of them based on the movie, is garbage. And then you and him had a nah. little conversation there. <laughs> and then you said Bethesda's best game. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> who who said that? I forgot. You did. Uh, not, not me. I'm saying in reply to who? Oh, Stephen Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Sean, Sean actually said, I don't know, man, that NES one's a total gem. <laughs> There we go. That was the listener's feedback. Appreciate all that. And uh, we're going to hear our final verdict here. Um, Aaron, <laughs> sorry, man. I, I just didn't like this game. After I played it, I just I, I, I just don't want to play it again. It was a chore. I will probably never pick this up again. So I'm going to be a little harsh. <laughs> and I'm calling this one garbage. <laughs> I think it's good. Okay. You, I've, you're I've, welcome to call it garbage. I know. I, I don't mind because we need to have games there that... Uh, because I, I will say Garbage. it's just good. It hasn't aged quite as well as I think it should have. Uh, but it's a licensed game, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I think it falls squarely in the just good category. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that remember it with fondness, probably because they grew up with it. And there are some genuinely good qualities to it. And there's some things that have aged rather poorly, like the repetitive nature of the gameplay um, and just kind of some little quirks like the music. Um, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm maybe I'm giving this game more credit than it deserves. You, someone has to take Rob's stance. Rob would have given it to Jim. <laughs> you, you do. Uh, you do. Now, would I read it? So, so you gave, gave it a garbage. I gave it as a, a good. Um, the listeners, what did they overall think? It, 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 I was kind of tallying it there. It's, it's basically good. There, there's a lot of back and forth there, but uh, they would say good. So, so yeah. we'll, def- we'll definitely lay the gavel down and call this game just good. But so I probably ha- on the lower side of good yes. is where we yes, probably it, put it in our it, rankings. I, I pulled up the rankings. So we have some good games that. Um, I would consider this better than. That's why I'm okay with saying it's just good. To me, it's definitely better than Chester Cheetah. What about better than Bubsy? It's a little better than Bubsy. I don't well, like. Not as good as Jurassic Park. Well, I didn't. I call Jurassic Park garbage as well because I didn't like that game either. So yeah, you, I'm not you a can big stick. Fan of it. You can stick it before Jurassic Park or after Jurassic Park, but I do not uh, stick it above Jurassic. Park, okay, because I low pigskin foot brawl. I don't think it's better than pigskin foot brawl. So no, I think I get more overall enjoyment out of pigskin. Me foot too, brawl, especially two player and kind of messing with those options. Exactly. So listeners, what we've done. I have updated the website, so hopefully when you hear this, I've updated it again. Uh, Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Foot Brawl was number 51, so right underneath that, we're going to be putting Home Alone, which is now number 52, and following Home Alone at number 53 will be Jurassic Park, then Bubsy, James Buster's Douglas Knockout Boxing, Chester Cheetah, Too Cool to Fool, Crystal's Ponytail, and on to the garbage stuff. So there you go. It is now our number 52 on the Genesis Gems ranking sheet that you can find at GenesisGemsPodcast.com. 
Dot com. Not sure why I said it like that. So. <laughs> cool. I like it. So, 63 games we've ranked. We, this is episode yeah. 66, and we've only ranked 63 games. Figure that out. <laughs> a couple special episodes in there. Yeah. No big deal. we got a long ways to go, man. It happens. Yep. Uh, we are still we still got the steam behind us. <laughs> All right. So, what do we got next? I think that's it. I think uh, you guys need to go check us out on the website. Join our Facebook group. Give us iTunes reviews. I was so excited to have another iTunes review. I uh, haven't begged for one of those in a while. And uh, also, please go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash genesisgems. Uh, give us a... If you want to hear some of that cool, exclusive stuff, we've covered what well, we covered last time, Crazy Taxi. We've covered uh, yeah. Game Gear games. You know, We did the Shinobi Game Gear games. We did uh, baseball games. We did... Oh, what we do? Did we do a Saturn game? I can't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, I don't think we've done a Saturn game yet. We need to do a Saturn game, don't we? No, I, I think we have we done a game that came out on the Saturn. I can't remember. I, I don't can't think that. I, I pulled my Saturn out the other day and thought about hooking it up, and I didn't. But yeah, well, I had to get there. But <laughs> thought yeah. about it. Thought that counts. Yeah, exactly. So we'll uh, we'll get there eventually. But uh, guys, join us next time. We'll be covering a. Uh, uh, it was actually a pick from a Patreon listener. Um, Gosh, I'm, I already forgot. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, we'll make sure we give him the proper shout out. Yeah, I'm thinking like Chris Fox, maybe, or somebody. Uh, Timothy McGowan. I can't remember. But we'll be covering California. Timothy. Timmy Mac. We'll be covering California games on the Genesis, which is a uh, game I played a lot of, actually. I played a lot of it on the Genesis, and I played a lot of it on the NES. So it'll be fun to compare those again. I'll probably go play both of them uh, just to have some fun. So definitely a uh, unique game. A lot of little mini games combined into one. We'll get into that later. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And uh, Aaron, when's Retro Obscura coming back? Can we talk about that? Man, we keep on trying to schedule a night, and something ultimately happens with one of the guys. And like, okay, uh, <laughs> like I'm ready. So you know what? If we don't get to it by the the new year, then we'll definitely have it out. Hopefully by the end of January. Very cool. Very excited about that. I know it, it is a lot harder. I, I used to do two or three podcasts. You do three people. You try yeah. to do three. It's just, yeah. And I don't know about you. When I first started podcasts, I could have did a podcast every night. And, you know, <laughs> I, I do this one podcast now. kind of set myself to that. I'm only going to do one podcast now. And uh, even then, it's like, oh, crap. Aaron, I've got to reschedule. i got to reschedule. I think we've rescheduled this one three times now. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know. This is definitely my most consistent podcast. That's good. E- even with the rescheduling. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Um, you know, the first one I did, I actually did live in person with uh, with my friend Ryan. So we actually did those in the same room. So that was a lot easier to do. Kind of hang out and have breakfast and podcast. But, uh, yeah, so good stuff, man. Episode 66 in the books. Home Alone is good. And it's number 52 on our ranking sheet. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. Really appreciate all the support, all the listens. Uh, even those who don't uh, support on Patreon, I'm not guilting you. <laughs> appreciate that you guys do uh, download us and listen to us. That's a, that's a big deal. When I see the uh, the downloads for each episode, I'm, I'm blown away. I really appreciate all you guys. We're, we got a pretty pretty good mid-sized podcast, I'd say. I'm getting there. Definitely not a uh, <laughs> million views or downloads or anything. But we're, uh, we're hanging in there. It's, it's amazing when you look at the demographic and everything and people listening. Like, wow, people in other countries listen to this. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool so definitely i uh, want to keep that up uh, every time we do this i feel like okay we're, we're we definitely i don't feel like we've peaked yet i feel like we're we're still uh climbing up that mountain doing good podcasts so there i rambled so you guys have a great day <laughs> Aaron, do you got anything else before i end the show 
I do not, actually. So, uh, like I said, if you guys happen to be at MAGFest, I will be there. I'm taking a flight over that way, so... Awesome. Yeah, well, and... See we'll, you there on the East Coast. When, when and where again? That's from the... Uh, so, I will not make it the first day, but I'll be there from Friday to Sunday, uh, which is the first week in January. So, if you guys listen to the show, make sure to come by and tell Aaron you heard it on you heard about him on Genesis Gems. All right, man. Well, with that, listeners, we will catch you all later. All righty. Later, guys. Yes.